everybody and welcome to the afternoon tune i'm your host josh and with me is my co-host here uh sky everybody um and today we got a nice show we're gonna be discussing death on the nile uh the kenneth Branagh directed mm-hmm. film where he's playing hercule perot um also starring gail godot army hammer uh just star-studded cast of people we're going to be getting into that uh, i saw that both of us saw it uh so we're gonna be mm-hmm. giving a review for that we're also gonna be giving a review for book of boba fett that, that book finally ended we're, we're Finally got the last chapter. Finally oh, did, did it. So we're going to be discussing the series uh, in total and what we thought of the final episode. Uh, also, Peacemaker. Um, the penultimate episode for Peacemaker also came out this week. Episode 7. We're going to be getting into that. We've been reviewing every episode of Peacemaker. Um, so this week is no different. We're going to be getting into that. Um, also, a little bit of news. We're going to be getting the Oscar nominations that were announced. Um, I mean, we were talking about a little bit before the show. Dusk was saying, well, nobody really cares about the Oscars anymore, which I always hear people say, but then also people go into like, well, why wasn't this nominated, but why wasn't this thing nominated? So, yeah. So, we're going to be getting into that. Um, Yeah. And then also, Light the Year, that has another trailer coming out. Um, Kind of, you know, we talked about the the previous trailer that came out, which was a teaser. This is the official trailer now. Uh, But then sometimes, like, when these teaser trailers get released, it feels like the official trailer. It doesn't really feel like a teaser all that much. Uh, So, but this is the official trailer that got released for Lightyear, which is the Buzz Lightyear movie that's going to come out uh, pretty soon from uh, Disney. Um, So, Disney Pixar. So, uh, yeah, Dusk, how are you doing there, man? I'm doing all right. How about you? Doing pretty good. Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, today, saw the movie Death on the Nile. Went there to go see it. Um, you know, pretty good experience. Went to my usual theater. Um, yeah, so, you know, not much uh, really has been going on with me. Same old, same old. Um, so you're still prepping for your physical and everything like that, right? No, I ended up, um, no, I had that yesterday, actually. Oh, yeah, yesterday. Okay. And you did good. Well, I didn't even get to that point. They uh, unfortunately they they said I failed the interview, and so they just that was it. That was the end of it. Oh, okay. So you failed the interview. So what happens now? Um, it's it. It's over. It's over. Just Try like in the year. Just like that. Just like that. Yeah, basically. Um, I did meet some arbitrary amount of points that they wanted to hear. And at that point, they're just like, well, okay, you didn't pass it. So uh, thanks for coming in and goodbye. Ah, okay. Um, no, sorry to hear that, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was pretty pissed. I drove all the way out there and ready to do this, brought my gym bag, was ready to get started, have been preparing for a while. And then they just kind of just do that. I felt I felt pretty pissed off. I'm not going to lie. So I prefer not talking about it anymore. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah, sorry, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Uh, so we get into a little bit of news as well. Um, mm-hmm. with the Oscar nominations, uh, so we're gonna just start off uh that right away. Um, so we're gonna be usually covering just the big categories: so best picture, best supporting actor, best you know actress, best actor, best director. We're gonna be getting into those ones. Uh, best animated feature, original screenplay. Usually, the, typically the big awards. Um, we're gonna be talking about um and seeing kind of how they do. 
and what we kind of thought of that. So let's kind of get into it there. So best picture. Uh, we have Belfast. Uh, I didn't see that. We did. Nick saw it. Um, Nick is not here right now. He's busy doing some other stuff. He couldn't make it this week. He's going to be probably back maybe next week or in a couple weeks. Um, but he saw it. He thought very highly of that movie. I still have yet to see it. Uh, that's on my list to see. Uh, did you see Belfast? No, I did not. I did not get a chance to see Belfast. Okay. Um, then you have a movie I haven't heard of, Coda. Um, have not heard yeah. of that one before. Uh, Don't Look Up, which was the biggest surprise that they actually nominated, which is the uh, Adam McKay yeah, movie. Right. Um, you have Drive My Car, which uh, I didn't see it, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. I heard it's a pretty great movie. Uh, Dune is on here, which I thought was very good. King Richard. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm kind of surprised by King Richard. We saw that. Yeah. We, we reviewed. I thought it was okay. I didn't. Wasn't really that blown away by it, but I thought it was a fine movie. Um, big, they got Big Willie in there, though. Yeah, Big Willie style. Where he's Big, big Father style. style. He's doing the Big Father style there. He plays Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fine movie. Uh, you know, but okay. Um, you also have Licorice Pizza, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I saw that as well. Um, thought that was good. I thought that was also mm-hmm. very good. I didn't probably love it as many people did. I had some issues with it, um, but um, that's on here. I expected that. Nightmare mm-hmm. Alley. That kind of didn't expect that actually. Yeah, uh, uh, that it's was kind of. Rem- it reminds me of Guillermo del Toro's uh, previous movie that made it on the Oscars and won a whole bunch of awards. Mm. Yeah. What previous movies? The 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 Merman. The Shape of Water. Oh yeah, the Shape of yeah, Water. Yeah, Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Um. I guess I could maybe kind of see it. I mean, time period-wise, I guess, maybe. No, I'm saying, I don't know, maybe it's kind of a spillover. I mean, Nightmare Alley was pretty good, but again, you know, nomination. Why not? Yeah, I was kind of, because it kind of seemed like it was a movie that not that many people saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I didn't, I mean, I saw it on a lot of, I did see it on quite a bit of best of lists, but it seemed like, uh, it, the fact mm-hmm. that it was kind of nominated was kind of surprising. Um, you had The Power of the Dog, which we just reviewed recently. Uh, the movie Benedict Cumberbatch that people can see on Netflix. Um, that's here. Um, you also have West Side Story, which was pretty much a guarantee. I thought that was going to probably be in there. It was West yeah, that's Side what we call Oscar bait. Yeah. Um, and best, West Side Story was one of my favorite movies of last year. I did love it a mm. lot. Uh did really enjoy it. Um, so out of this list, um, what do you think is missing here, if anything? Oh, man. God, I'm trying to remember 2021 is kind of a surprise. I'm actually surprised there's a there's not um, last night in Soho. Mm. Probably that wasn't picked as a surprise pick. Technically, it's a very good movie, but I can understand how maybe uh, Everbright some while well, his the camera work was good. The uh, I don't know maybe some of the dialogue wasn't as getting to the point as people might have wanted, so it wasn't as tight as a script. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. But technically, I think that would have been I don't know. Hmm. If, um, you kind of catch me on the spot. Had I known, I probably would have made a li- better list, but it's hard to really think on uh, them collectively in a year. Yeah. Did you ever uh, like come up with a list of like best of movies of the year that you... No, I ended up just getting so busy. I just, ah. I just never even found the time. Ah, I'm okay. sorry. Ah, no problem, no problem. Um, so, like I said... I those just... disappo- for those disappointed, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe so... one day. Yeah. Um, so out of this list, so um, I saw Dune, I saw King Richard, I saw Licorice Pizza, I saw Nightmare Alley, I saw Power of the Dog, I saw West Side Story, um, I saw Don't Look Up. 
Um, I haven't seen Drive My Car. I haven't seen Coda, and I haven't seen Belfast. Um, so, and Coda, I just seen it right here. So it's it's uh, Child of Deaf Adults. That's what it is. It's on Apple mm-hmm. Plus. Um, yeah, so they they got in there. Um, so out of this list here, um, hmm, I'm surprised that, like I said, Don't Look Up is on here. Um, mm-hmm. That seemed like a movie that was so mixed with a lot of people because I know some people really do love it and some people really do hate it. And I mean, we came in, I re- we reviewed the movie. I thought the movie was just fine. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talked about it. Um, and, you know, overall, I just felt like, yeah, it's got some kind of good ideas, but it feels a little just too long and kind of just attacking too many points and everything like that. Um, yeah, so that that was kind of a surprise that was in there. Um, I'm happy Nightmare Alley made it. I was a big fan of that movie with Gamble Totoro, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper. Uh, so I'm very, very happy that movie made it. Um, I can't say... I see all the pretty much all the reasons why these movies are nominated for what they are, pretty much. The ones I saw, King Richard... Um, if I were to take that out, um, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, I wasn't that big of a fan of it, but I, I guess I could see why it's in there. A lot of people seem to really do love that movie and do love the performance uh, of Will Smith, who is in it as well. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, you saw, we saw, you were there for the King Richard review, weren't you? No, I was not. Oh, okay. Uh, you weren't. Okay. Um, I'm surprised something like maybe Tragedy of Macbeth. I'm surprised that that wasn't in there. Yeah, because uh, it's nominated under uh, uh, Denzel Washington is nominated under actor leading role. Yeah, so I'm surprised that wasn't in there. The Green Knight. Oh, oh my God! I'm surprised that's not nominated. Yeah, so I'm surprised that wasn't in there. Um, so that was kind of a surprise. I. I didn't love Green Knight like maybe some people did, but I really appreciated. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'd still really appreciate it. The Last Duel. I'm surprised the Last Duel did not. Make yeah. It. No. Yeah. You're right. Last Duel. That was on. Um, That's. I'm surprised too. At least getting a nod. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was kind of very big surprising. Um, Spencer, which was the movie with Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, surprised I didn't get a nomination for Best Picture. That was kind of shocking to me. Um, we kind of, I kind of felt, I thought the movie was, it had some really good elements, but I thought if you're going to see that movie for any great reason, it's Kristen Stewart. She's really, Mm. really amazing in that movie. Um, also like I heard really a lot of great stuff like with Mass. Like, have you ever heard about that movie? Uh, which Mass? Uh, Mass is the movie, um, it's about like, um, people dealing with the fallout of like a, uh, I think a school shooter. Um, and like the families and how they kind of deal with that. I haven't seen the movie, but I've heard like no, really, uh, um, I've heard really really amazing things about it. Uh, the Lost Daughter, which was the movie directed by Max Gyllenhaal, we reviewed that recently. That's a really great movie with Olivia Coleman. Um, I'm surprised that's not up here as well. Um, yeah, so that that was kind of there. Yeah, there's some kind of shocking surprises there. Um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So I, those are some movies that I think that I'm surprised. At. Or The Worst Person mm-hmm. in the World. Have you heard about that movie, The Worst Person in the World? I have heard about that. Yeah. I've heard really stellar things about that movie. Um, and, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm i surprised that that's not on the list as well. Also, one of my favorite movies of last year, Zola. 
Zola was mm. one of my, my was my favorite movie of last year, and it's not nominated for Best Picture at all. Um, so that was kind of like ah. Uh. Uh, but there's a whole thing going on with um, the person who the movie's based on. Uh, because she's not getting a writing credit at all for the movie, even though the movie's nominated for uh, screenplay, um, and but she's not getting any credit for it. Um, and you would think so, because I mean, because the movie's based on her tweets. Because if people don't know the story of Zola, hey, Nick is in here. Hey, it's going there, Nick. How you feeling, man? Um, Nick says he's shocked Tick Tick Boom didn't get nominated. That's another movie too, Tick Tick Boom. Mm. Um, for Best Picture, yeah. Uh, that's another movie, too. Andrew Garfield do, did get nominated, though. And I think Andrew Garfield, I think, out of people as a, the best actors, I think he's... I think he has a good shot of winning. I think so. Um, it seems like the buzz is pretty strong on him winning. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so those kind of some things there with that. Um, but, so, out of the people that are nominated for Best Picture, who do you think is winning? Best picture. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a contest between uh, Licorice Pizza and possibly West Side Story. Hmm. I agree. Um, I think what I would what, what, what I'm gonna break mm-hmm. it up. I'm gonna say what I yeah, think please. is gonna win and what I want to win out of the categories. Mm-hmm. Like what would would be cool to win. Um, what I would personally want to win. I think maybe Nightmare Alley or uh, maybe West Side Story. Those were two of my favorite movies on on the list here. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is going to win, I think it's you're right. I think it's going to be between be between Licorice Pizza and between West Side Story. Why? Because they're both movies that deal with the past, that deal with old Hollywood, that deal with like the you know Licorice Pizza is very much about like you know old kind of uh hollywood kind of aspects those type of things um very much how like how uh, west side story is it's a remake of a classic musical one of the you know most classic musicals out there you know and mm-hmm. Lucas pizza has this very romanticized of the 70s and this you know the the 70s uh hey what's going on marley how's it going on man um and we were just talking about the oscar nominations um and we were just talking about uh, what we would think would win for best picture? Um, I know that you said um, you weren't really a big fan of Licorice Pizza yourself. You weren't really a big fan of that movie yourself, um, but I think it has a strong chance of winning. Um, and you said Marley loves film says Drive My Car needs to win. That would be also good, great. I mean, for that would be a good pick too. Drive My Car. I mean, a foreign movie like that again, winning you know coming in and winning best picture here. Uh, you know, quieter movies always nice to kind of see. Yeah. Um so it's yeah, it's a Japanese film. I've been meaning to check it out. I, I really, really, really have to check that out. I uh, now seeing it on the list, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Um so I have to check it out. Uh Nick says, uh keep hearing amazing things about Drive My Car, but it needs to come to streaming. Yeah. Um mm, fair enough. Yeah. Uh so uh we're gonna be moving on. So that's what I predict. I predict you're right, it's gonna be between Licorice Pizza and West Side Story, and I think yeah. that I think West Side Story is going to win. Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. musical type of thing. And it was a great movie. Um, it, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's funny. Uh, Marley said, I haven't seen Twizzler Calzone. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I learned this kind of when the movie was out. I didn't say it in the review, but Licorice Pizza refers to like slang term for like vinyl records. 
That's what mm-hmm. Licorice Pizza is. And then there was actually a chain of record stores called Licorice Pizza. But they don't ever mention that in the movie at all. They never mention that. They never yeah. talk about records or vinyls or yeah. go to the sh- shop at all. So it's like, okay, why the f- you could have called it something else that would have... It, with- it's very much... That title feels very much uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, where it's a very much a kind of, if you're in the know, you know? Mm. If you were there you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We'll see. It's like, see tomorrow. You didn't see me where. You'll know. And you're like, no, I don't. And then he leaves. Yeah. Who was the... Do you remember there was an article that came out? Who was the actress that said that doing coke with Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin Tarantino was like one of the worst experiences of our life? I forgot who said that. <laughs> I don't know. What? It was Nick. Oh, maybe goodness. Nick knows what I'm talking about. But Nick, if you can, you, you if you could put who I was talking about. There was like an actress who said that she was doing blow with with Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson, and they were like two of the most insufferable people. I'm, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, like I forget. I forgot who it was. Nick, if you can, if you can put that name up there, that'd be that'd be really good. I was I was trying to think. I'm trying to think of who it was. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, next, we're gonna do best uh, actress in a supporting role. Uh, I'm just going how it's listed here. I got it, uh, the CNN uh, on here for the nominations. That's fine. Um, so we have Jesse Buckley, the Lost Daughter. She was very good in that movie. Um, she plays mm-hmm. the younger version of Olivia Coleman um, in the mm-hmm. movie. She's very good there. Um, Ariana DeBoise um, in West Side Story. She was amazing in that movie. Um, I thought mm-hmm. I was like when I saw that movie, I was like. She's definitely going to get nominated for Best uh, Supporting Actress. Uh, Judy Dench in Belfast. Um, we talked about it, Nick. Um, oh, it, Nick said it was Fiona Apple. That's who it was. She oh, said doing Fiona yeah. Apple. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Judy Dench in Belfast. We have Kristen Dunst in Power of the Dog. Kristen Dunst was very good in Power of the Dog. Um, and we have Anjanae Ellis in King Richard. Um, okay. So... Did you, um, so you said you saw King, did you see King Richard or no? I ended up seeing King Richard, yeah. Okay. I thought she was very good in that movie. Um, she doesn't play the conventional wife character in most of these movies. Cause sometimes mm. in these movies, the wife is such the, just always supportive, always behind the husband's yeah. back. Like they have a lot of conflict, her and, and Richard Williams a lot of times. That's yeah. very good. Very, in very much so. Um, so I, I did like that a lot, and I thought yeah. she was I thought she was very good in it. Um, Kristen Dunst in Power of the Dog, I thought she was very good in that movie. Um, you know, I mean her her character is a very kind of like sad, kind of tragic character in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought she was very good in that. Um, Jesse Buckley is also very good in Lost Daughter. If, but I would say who I would want to win, I think Ariana mm-hmm. uh, Du Bois uh, would. Would that's who I would want to win for West Side Story? Who do I think Fair is going to win? I don't know. I think she's got. I think she's got the best shot out of anybody here. I think she's probably got the best shot. What about you? What are you thinking? Um. Yeah, I think who I think will win will probably be Ariana DeBoy, just because you know she was in, she was good at least. In West West Side Story, um, I haven't seen Judy Dench in Belfast, so I can't really comment. Right. Uh, um, 
Anjane Ellis was she was good in the role she was in. Uh, but who are kind of interesting to see who win? I, I'm kind of interested to see Jesse uh, Buckley in The Lost Daughter. Uh, hey, thank you for playing that afternoon delight for ten bits there. Thank you very mm. much, anonymous. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Marley loves film. Says uh, he thinks he might be the only person that hates King Richard. Um, I don't know. That's I, completely understandable. I, I just completely it, understand that if you do. Yeah, I just thought it was okay. I just thought it was just yeah. okay. I thought it was fine. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, very, very much so. So. I'm going to be doing that. Oh, hey, thank you, Devil's Egg Gang, for subscribing. Hey, man, thank you very much. It means a lot. Appreciate thank you. It. Coming through and subscribing, man. Much, much appreciated. Um, yeah. What's the uh, next category? Um, so we settled. So we think in who we want to win is going to be Ariana Du Bois there. Yeah, we think that's that. I mean, we, that's what we think. What we want doesn't really matter what we think. Yeah. I mean, I would want her to win. If it, somebody's going to win, I, would, I think she Wait, did. sure. All yeah. right. Uh, the I I didn't see Judy uh, uh, Judy Dench in Belfast, so I can't really say. Yeah, uh, me neither. Um, okay, we're gonna do best actor in supporting role. Uh, we got Syrian Hines, Belfast. Uh, we got Tori uh, Kotzer in Coda. We got Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog. We have J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos. We have Cody Smith McPhee in The Power of the Dog. Huh. Um. So I didn't see Belfast. I didn't see Coda. So I can't give. Uh, my thoughts on there um yeah all's doing good man devil's that game hey man thanks for coming by man much appreciate much love man um yeah i'm gonna catch your next stream for sure um i did i didn't see the being the ricardos i heard that that movie's kind of getting mixed kind of word of mouth it it is a it is a movie that is movied mm. it is like it's like ed wood uh -huh. or uh uh, being uh, being a dolomite uh unlike those other two that had like tighter scripts and a more focus on this person's life th it is similar where okay this is a point in their lives in which this is when they're focused in to tell this story um specifically in this time and it is okay everyone mm. is competent the camera work is okay but it just it, there's nothing special about it. Mm. Okay. But Nicole Kidman does a does a solid job. Mm. Okay. Um, then you also have Cody Smith McPhee in The Power of the Dog. So you have two actors who are in the same movie who got best supporting here: Jesse Plemons and mm -hmm. Cody Smith McPhee. Jesse Plemons, I I thought he was fine in the movie. Um, I didn't really think I wasn't that blown away by his performance in Power of the Dog. He feels such like kind of like uh, such a background character in that movie almost. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of wasn't all that much blown away. Um, uh, then Cody Smith McPhee, I think he does a good job there. I think he has more of a role in the movie, um, and he he does do a very solid job in it. Um, hmm. I mean, a person who I think is kind of missing from this category, William Defoe, I think would have been good for not his performance in Nightmare Alley. I thought mm -hmm. he gave a very, very good supporting performance in that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so out of this list, who do I think is going to win? I think Syrian Hines has probably. I, I'm hearing really great things about him in Belfast. Um, and then he's an older actor too. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. Um. 
Cody McMaster, I don't know. He's a he's a way young guy. It's like, eh, probably not so much. Um, I don't know. What do you th- What are you thinking? I think I'm kind of on the same page with you. Um, I can't comment on Belfast, but why not? Honestly, because mm. J.K. Simmons just being the Ricardos, he wasn't really. He did fine. He did J.K. Simmons fine. Like. Again, movie's fine. Nothing special, but actor in a supporting role, I don't really would have put him there either. Mm. Um, I would have put other performances there, but from the list, what I see, yeah, I'll go with Sierra and Heinz. Hmm. Who is, probably- is there anybody you think would have been good there? Uh, anyone for any uh, any supporting actor from The Green Knight would have been solid. Any of those other unconventional characters. I actually, surprisingly, I wouldn't have minded, uh, damn it, what's his name? He plays John Peters in Liquid Pizza. Oh, Bradley producer. Cooper. Bradley I would have put Bradley Cooper in there. He does a great job acting as, uh, John Peters. If you know half the stories that producer John Peters has, yeah. has done, um, I think he does a great job capturing that, that madcap energy he has, even though he has a very brief appearance in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, yeah, I, I did love his performance coming in there, um, you know, as that character, yeah, I think he would have been a, yeah, good shot there, um, hey, thank you for the 20 bits, uh, Javon Good, hey, man, thank you, and thank you, for, thank you for playing the sound alert for 10 bits there, man, afternoon delight to you, man, uh, much love there, um, hmm, uh, Nick also mentioned Corey Hawkins from Macbeth, best supporting actor. Corey Hawkins mm. did do a very good job. That's a very good pick. Mm, okay. Thank you yeah. for the two hundred bits there, Nick. Hey, thanks, man. Thank you a lot. Uh, yeah, Nick. Uh, Nick, who is our host on the show, coming by in the chat. Thank you, man. Uh, I'm gonna be probably back in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Uh, just couldn't make it to this show. Um, has was very very busy this week. That's fun. Um. Yeah, Corey Hawkins. Yeah, that's a yeah. Thank you, Nick. That's a good. That's a good suggestion there for Macbeth. I did really love his performance in Macbeth. I thought he did a really great job in that. Um, yeah, Corey Hawkins, William Defoe, Bradley Cooper. I also I thought all three gave really fantastic performances. Um, so yeah, I think for me, if I had to take a guess, I'm gonna go with Syrian Hines, Belfast. If I take a guess. Um. All right. Um. Let's see. I think international film. I think Drive My Car. That's the only film I've ever heard heard about. Um. Oh, this also this list also has the worst person in the world. So it's pretty much between. It seems like between those two movies because I haven't heard anything about these other movies like Flea. Hand of God from Italy, if I recall. Yeah, I haven't really heard anything about these other movies. I think it's mainly just be be between Drive My Uh, Car and the worst person. uh, Flea is also an interesting one. Hmm. Okay. That one, that one's an animated one. It's also not for animation. Uh, that one's about the uh, uh, refugees, the Iranian refugees. Ah, okay. Um, hmm, it says it's on Hulu, so I have to. Uh, maybe mm, if it's on yeah, Hulu, check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's, it's definitely unconventional for an animated one. Hmm. Okay. Um, Nick said, "Yeah, Drive My Car for international film is a lock." Yeah, we should do that. I should. I, I should. We should probably review Drive My Car. Um, yeah. Review as many of the Oscar movies we can uh, before yeah, it comes. Before so when, it, when are the Oscars? It's uh, uh, I forgot when the Oscars are. I, f- I, I always have it kind of set, but then I completely... March twenty seventh. March twenty seventh. Okay, I think I can watch majority of these movies before. Yeah. 
uh march 27th. 27th um okay let's see best animated feature we got Encanto, flea luca uh mitchell's versus machines ride of the last dragon i think it's between uh, mitchell's versus machines and Encanto. it's between those yeah two. um i like luca a lot uh, but yeah, uh, against Mitchell's versus the machines and Encanto, it unfortunately is um, it it's not quite as good as those two. Uh, I haven't again seen Flea. I want to. Mm. Uh, that one's a more unique one. Um, but I no, no matter what, Ryan the Last Dragon is not even. Should, I, I almost can't believe it's even on the list. Yeah, I, I didn't mind Ride the Last Dragon. I thought it was okay. I didn't mind it. Um, I'm just saying if you're talking like an, an Oscar list. Yeah, I mean... Uh, there are probably other better animated features that came out that year. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, Luca, I thought it was okay, Luca. Um, At least Luca had a coherent story and characters and was fun. Um... Mm, I thought I don't know. I guess seeing Luca, I was like, you know what movie just did this better very recently? Um, mm. Wolf Walkers. I was like, Wolf Walkers, which came on Apple Plus yes. like the year before. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, was Wolf Walkers released in twenty one? No, it was twenty twenty. Uh, Luca came out twenty twenty one, and then it came, I'm saying yeah. the year before when Luca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Wolf Walkers is better, Luca. I I understand that, but Luca wasn't necessarily trying to be Wolf Walkers. Hmm. Uh, Wolf Walkers has its own Celtic thing and is doing its own thing. It's a much more serious movie. Mm. Luca is more fun with a little bit of that aspect of not exactly being what people see you as. But Wolf Walkers takes itself, like the other parts of the uh, Celtic trilogy, Book of Kells and I forget the middle movie. They're a lot more, a little bit more serious, a little more of the darker, like more, hey, kids, you got to be a little bit older to kind of watch this one's. There's some sad moments in these. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Marley yeah. says, uh, I can talk, drive my car with you guys. Yeah, love to have you on, man. Uh, discuss some Absolutely. of these movies. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to do an Oscar stream thing. Uh, what day is March 27th? Sunday. Sunday? Uh, I don't know. I, I'll see if I can maybe take off that day, do an Oscar stream day or something like that, if we can. Um, but yeah. Um, so I think Encanto, my, I think, I think that'll win. What I would want to mm. win is probably Mitchell versus Machines. I thought that was yeah. on my list of best of movies of the year. Um, yeah. I think Encanto will win though, because it's Disney, you yeah. know, it's the big machine that is Disney and everything like that. Um, yeah. and not to say it's a bad movie. I think it's a good movie. It's, no, got it's quite good. Great songs in it. Um, you know, uh, we need to talk about Bruno. It's like blowing through the charts right now. It's like going I mean, up. Dear Lord. Yeah, like everybody's obsessed with that song right now. And I, when I watched the movie, I was like, yeah, these songs are going to be popular. I mean, I was like, these songs are going to be really good. It's like, it's the best I've liked Disney songs in a while, actually. Mm. Like, it probably since the most I've liked, this is the most I've liked a Disney song probably since, um, probably Mo Moana, I'd say, probably. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably going to be Encanto. Um, let's see. Marlowe's film says Luca is the most Studio Ghibli film that Pixar ever made. That's mm. why I kind of like it. It's chill and it, it knows what it is. It doesn't dive too deep. Uh, would I wanted it to go deeper? Sure. Would I wanted to have a bit more? Absolutely. Studio Ghibli movies tend to actually have a bit more to it. But man, it had a lot of heart and I like it. Mm. You know, whatever. But I'm I'm right there with you, honestly. Between the two, 
what who what I would want to win is the Mitchell's Rift Machines. I just really like that movie a lot. I think it's very has a tight script, good characters, great voice acting, really kinetic and energy energetic mo- uh, movie and animation. But uh, traditionally, I think it's probably going to go to Encanto. Not that it's a bad movie at all. It's quite good. It has great songs, fun characters. It's kind of Encanto reminds you. Wow, when Disney actually gets its head out of its butt, it can actually make some really amazing stuff. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, do you do? Do you want to do the screenplays or uh, adapted? Yeah, not. I mean, let me let me check and look at the screenplays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the official Oscar list, and you're looking the at the other one. So I have to scroll through. Okay. Um, we can do best actor real quick. Um, yeah. So we have Javier Bardem, being the Ricardos, Benedict the Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel Washington, Tragedy Macbeth. So I saw everything. Well, I didn't see Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom, and I didn't see Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. Out of this list, I think Andrew Garfield's gonna win. I think we're mm-hmm. in the we're in the Garfield sense. We're in the Garfield sense, basically. I mean, it's I mean, like, he's earned it. You know, he No Way Home, Billion Dollar. He's mm-hmm. in that. People loved him in that. Uh, tick tick boom and then he was in the eyes of tammy faye this was this was a good year for him i think he's got look yes, it was um you know i think i think he's gonna get it i think get everybody mm-hmm. i think i think it's gonna be andrew garfield i'm i'm hearing more about him everything like that i think he's got a lot of momentum i think he's i think he's kind of got it. i still have to watch tick, I think tick, it, yeah i think it should be a good shout out for denzel washington though i think he did a great job in his role as uh and the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I thought he was amazing in that movie. Benedict Cumberbatch, I thought was amazing in The Power of the Dog. Um, I mean, he plays a real uh, motherfucker in that movie. Uh, Nick says, <laughs> "Who should win? Andrew Garfield. Who is probably going to win? Either Benedict Cumberbatch or Will Smith. Really? You think Benedict? It's between Benedict Cumberbatch and Will Smith. Hmm. Damn. I would have said Benedict Cumberbatch and Denzel. But that's me. Hmm. So that's who you think? You who think I it's think, between- who I think is going to win? Mm. Uh, if Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom, I think he would. I wouldn't. I would be more than happy if he did. Mm. But I'd also be more than happy if Denzel won. Mm. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Yeah, I think the long shot here is Javier Bardem. If there is a long shot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If there's a long shot at all. Mm. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I can check out being the Ricardos too because that's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's a really quick. Trust me, you'll feel the time fly. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's who I think. I think it's probably going to be Andrew Garfield, who I would mm-hmm. want. I wouldn't mind if Andrew Garfield won. I mean, I still have to mm-hmm. see Tick, Tick, Boom, but um, Nick keeps talking about it, um, and he loves it. Um, mm-hmm. And then Will Smith, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Will Smith, it's like, hey, this is Will Smith doing dramatic stuff, you know what I mean? How many times is he going to be nominated for Best Actor, you know, maybe? So it's like they, they might do that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. We have best actress in the leading role. We have Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I saw that. Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughters, saw that. Penelope Cruz and Parallel Mothers. I did not check that out. Nic- Nicole Kidman and Bina Ricardos did not see that. And Kristen Stewart and Spencer, which we saw. Um, uh, I The Eyes of Tammy Faye. We I reviewed that movie. Um. I thought it was fine. I thought if you're going to... It's like Lady Gaga and House of Gucci. If you're going to watch that movie for any reason, it's going to be for Jessica Chastain. So if you're going to watch 
the eyes of Tammy Faye, it's going to be for her performance. She's really, it's mainly focused on her. Um, but the movie around her isn't that good. Like, same thing with, like, you know, Lady Gaga and House of Gucci, which I'm surprised she didn't get nominated because everybody was talking about her and House of Gucci. Like, I don't even like House of Gucci, but I was like, Lady Gaga mm. is good in this. Um, and uh, so I thought that movie was fine. I thought her performance was solid. Um, I think Olivia Coleman's was better in The Lost Daughter. Um, uh, Nick says he shocked that Rachel Ziegler didn't get nominated for West Side Story. Yeah, that's also another thing, too. Rachel Ziegler, yeah. Um, she was amazing in that movie, too, um, in West Side Story. Yeah, she was absolutely great. Um, so out of these people, who do you think is going to win and who do you want to win? Hmm. I th- who I think is going to win will probably be Olivia Coleman from The Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. Who I want to win, um, I don't know. Uh, who I want to win, unfortunately, isn't on the list. But what we have right now, I guess. Um, hmm. I I wouldn't mind if a uh, Christian Stewart won and Spencer. It's pretty much her, the whole movie. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah. This one's tougher. This one, yeah. I who would I would want to win? I mean, I haven't like I said, I didn't see Penelope Cruz and Nicole Kidman's performance. Um, so I'm only going by really Olivia Coleman, Jessica Chastain, and Kristen Stewart. Out of those three, I've watched Kristen Stewart or Olivia Coleman. To me, I thought they gave a better performance um, than Jessica Chastain. Is Kristen? I think Kristen Stewart's gonna get it. Uh, I don't think so. Um, even yeah. though I mean, she really is the whole movie. I mean, she, it's the whole thing is about her, about Princess Diana, about everything. Uh, just like Jessica Chastain in the Eyes of Tammy Faye, just like Olivia Coleman in the Lost Daughter. But then Olivia Coleman, she also does share a lot of it with Jesse Buckley, who got nominated for Best Supporting for the same for the same role. Um, I think if I had to take a while, I think you said I think maybe I don't know. Uh, I think maybe Nicole Kidman, maybe. They might give it to Nicole Kidman. Legacy thing. That would be a big upset. They might do that with her. Um, she is playing a real-life figure. They do like people who play real-life figures. Even though Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain, she's also playing a real-life figure, too. And Tammy Faye and Kristen Stewart, who plays Princess Diana. But, uh, you know, it's a legacy Hollywood playing Lucille Ball. So they might do that. Um yeah, but I would I would probably want either Coleman or Kristen Stewart to win for both their performances. Um, all right, uh, we'll do best director here. I'll get Kenneth Branagh, Belfast. We have uh, Risuku uh, Hamajushu for Drive My Car. Uh, I fucked that name up. Uh, Paul no, Adams. Uh, okay, it's for for Drive My Car at Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Hamaguchi, okay. Um, let's see. Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Uh, Jane uh, Campion for Power of the Dog. Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. With the Best Director category, like if you're going to have more than multiple movies nominated for Best Picture, why not just put Wouldn't all Wouldn't you want to have the same for Director? Yeah. Why not just do that for all the directors? It doesn't also, make any sense. But. Yeah. Also, I noticed that uh, Dennis DeLuive is not one of them. 
Yeah, Denny Villeneuve. But, De- but his movie is under Best Picture. Yeah, Denny Villeneuve for Dune. Villeneuve. Um, yeah. um, his movie's nominated for Best Picture, but his movie, but he's not nominated for Best Director. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, like the, the the person who directed King Richard, they're not nominated. You know what I mean? It's like, but right. why? You know, Guillermo del Toro is not nominated for Nightmare Alley. That's why you know what i mean it's just like if you're gonna have more than you know like five movies for best you know best picture just have that to accompany the best director yeah directors and uh and movies should have like the same categories neck and neck those should be like the two big ones yeah uh nick said best director will probably go to spielberg yeah i agree um (laughs) probably spielberg i mean i love west side story west side story is what yeah it was Mm -hmm. my second favorite movie of the year um and then Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. Love Power of the Dog, but I think it's probably between Kenneth Kenneth Branagh though might get it for Belfast. He might get it for mm. Belfast. Um cuz they I mean they've done that before. They split best picture best director. Right. Maybe he gets it for best director. Um but then also he just came out with a movie recently like with we're going to talk about Death of Death on the Nile. Might that impact his chance to win? Who knows? Mm. Um, but I think it's mainly between Paul Thomas Anderson and Steven Spielberg, like how it is in the best picture. It's mainly between Licorice Pizza and West Side Story. Um, yeah, I think I think Steven Spielberg. I wouldn't. Yeah, I think probably is going to get it. What are you? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm kind of right where you are. Um, it would be a big ips, upset if uh, Ryusuke wins or uh, Kenneth Branagh. Mm. Yeah, but you know. Between yeah, the two have powerhouses are Paul Thomas Anderson and Steven Spielberg. Mm. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. That's it for like the big categories. Uh. There. Uh. Really? Let me see like documentary real quick because I'm wondering if Summer of Soul is in best documentary. It is. Okay. Because I've been hearing really amazing things about that movie. I have to yeah, check it out. Yeah. Ascension, Attica, Flea. Uh. Which again animated. So it's both a documentary. It's an animated feature and it's international. It's not nominated for three categories. Yeah. Different categories. Uh, Summer of Soul and uh, Riding with Fire. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how many of these have you seen? Uh, none. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to be checking out Summer of Soul. And since Flea is on Hulu as well, um, a lot of these are probably on Hulu. A lot of them do drop on Hulu. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I could check them out. Yeah, we should do that before uh, yeah. it hits. Um, yeah, see as many as we can. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on from discussing the Oscar nominations, we're going to be getting into the Lightyear trailer. Um, so here we are. Um, this is about the person that the toy in the Toy Story universe is based on, Buzz Lightyear. Um, so that's why you got good old Chris Evans, Captain America, coming in here. Uh, voicing him instead of Tim Allen, I guess. I guess that's their excuse. Um, um, this shows us a little bit more. I mean, you don't really know fully of like what's going on, which I like. It's kept a little bit more of a mystery. Um, and I also like the idea of we're seeing a sci-fi animated film in space. It feels like it's been a while since we've seen an animated film in space. Um, mm. We just saw recently a sci-fi anime film in Mitchell's Rift of Machines. Um... So, but as far as like in space, something like that, I can't remember the last one. Can you? Oh, jeez. 
a competent science fiction animated movie. Oh boy. Off the top of my head. Not since maybe Titan AE? Titan AE? That, that was a long time ago. That was. I said competent. Oh, I'm trying to think. There has to be. Well, even before. I mean. There, there, no, there must have has to be. But I'm just blanking on so many. Um. Well, there was Wally. That was in 08. Yeah, um, that's true. That was in the, I'm trying to think of something at least in the last 10 years. I, I can't really think of anything. If anybody knows any sci-fi anime movie in space um, that came out in the last like 10 years or so, let me know. Um, how does this one look? Does it look any better to you at all? Um, it looks more conventional than I thought it would be. But it's about as what I predicted. Alright, so we're gonna we're we're gonna see the origins of Lightyear, this fictional toy mm-hmm. that this origin story of the fictional toy in a universe that it just doesn't even make any sense. It's a toy. <laughs> it, it's a toy and they're trying to make a live action version of the character who inspired the action figure of the same name. And they've got crystals and th- sci-fi stuff. And Toy Story Universe doesn't have any of that. They're just normal, everyday people. We don't have the sci-fi stuff. Well, I mean, you don't know. You don't. You, I mean, we don't really see much outside of Andy and the toys. Oh, and, come on, come know. on, stop that. <laughs> I stop mean, we, playing. I mean, we don't. I mean, it could be. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the the the, the everyday lives of people in the Toy Story world. I don't know. I, I mean, I interpret this as uh, just Lightyear's origin story. In their own canon, what like the canon of their own fictional universe? So, fictionally, like fictionally, this is just the character's origin story, mm. and then I guess the Buzz Lightyear 2D animated series that came later is just doing its own thing. That's like years, many, many years later, yeah. when everything's established. This is him before Star Command. This is them before all that because he, apparently he wrote half the the regulations, so he would have had to approve it himself. Uh, <laughs> I mean, trailer looked exactly like what I thought it would, just a more darker version. Um, did you and Zerg? Zerg is huge in this version. Oh yeah, so this is also a big thing about this is like it shows the appearance of Zerg, who's like the big villain, uh, the arch nemesis of Buzz Lightyear. You see him in the trailer here. Um, do you know who vo- who's voicing him, by the way? Uh, For this one? Yeah, in this one. Zerg has not yet been man- mentioned yet, voice actor. Okay. Um, yeah, but you see him huge here. He's like a big, kind of mech-looking outfit there. Uh, like big kind of robot, yeah, huge kind of robot there. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's Pixar, that gives me hope. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not many times Pixar has missed. Um, so that's a big thing, too. Uh, y- you know, Chris Evans does sound good as the voice of Lightyear. Um, I do like the way it looks. Um, like I said, it's been a while since we've seen a you know uh, a f- animated film in space. It it's, feels like it's been a minute. Um, so that's another thing that has me excited. Uh 
you don't really know much of the story or much of what's going on. So I like that. I like that they're keeping things kind of under wraps, which kind of is, is good um, because I think they know it's like, well, one, we can sell it because we're Pixar and people mm. already know we, pr- we we basically make quality stuff. So people are going to come up for that. Um, and it's saying that it's Lightyear, which is based on the Toy Story universe or whatever. My fear is that if this becomes a success, they're going to make a whole cinematic universe of the Toy Story stuff to find a way to leech off Toy Story even more. Because aren't they doing another sequel to Toy Story? Oh, God. I, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even finish Toy Story 4. You couldn't even finish it? Wow, you didn't like Toy Story 4? Toy Story 4, to me, it felt like all the characters were not who they were. And they were just made excuses for another story. Hmm. Uh, Woody wasn't really himself. Buzz was wasn't himself it had the voice actors but they weren't really and it was just kind of a disappointment you bring you brought them all back and then this is the plot this is what you're gonna do with them all right all right i guess i'm not seeing it like everyone else is seeing it i didn't hate it it just didn't keep my attention really mm. okay um i could kind of see some of the stuff i mean you're, i mean sometimes with a lot of these toy story movies they do follow the same kind of pattern of yeah. kids movies and stuff like that like the toys get lost and they got to find their way back to their owner mm-hmm. that's like the basic plot of every single toy story movie um yeah. but the, also, yeah go ahead oh but the writing and the directing mm-hmm. and the performances take it over because those are so top notch so you don't really i don't think it really matters so much that they're doing the same mm-hmm. plot over again almost but you know uh, it just three three ended it fine there's no reason to continue it. That was literally the, what all they could do with it. It's done. And then I was excited initially to see Bo Peep. I mean, like, oh, they're going to bring Bo Peep, and it's going to be, they're going to be rekindling some stuff. And no, it doesn't really gel like that at all. And she doesn't even feel like the same character, kind of, that she even was. Even, I know they have to make adjustments because she didn't really have that big of a character in the original series. But even something even akin to that, Woody acts stupider than he does in the rest of this, Buzz acts stupider than, than he did previously. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm like, why are you bringing this back if you're not going to give it your best? Hmm. Okay. But anyways, this might have a better chance of probably being better. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um. You know, like a, you know, it could be a cool sci-fi adventure film. Yeah. Um, this doesn't really give you a lot much to go on, uh, which I kind of like. I, I kind of like that. So it keeps you kind of guessing about that stuff and, mm. you know, keeps you a little bit more optimistic. Um, yeah, and it comes out June 2022. Um, okay. So, but I'm, you know, we're, of course, we're going to see it. We're going to review it for the show. Uh, I'm yep. trying to get screeners for us. You know, I'm trying to, um, Adrian, who does We Be Watching Films with Jeff, um, and he says, like, yeah, we get screeners. I'm like, how do you get screeners? He says, I just email the studios, email the uh, the PR people. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I'm doing that. And, hey, maybe get lucky. Maybe people go like, oh, why not? Sure, let's send them screeners. Yeah, why not? So yeah. Um, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get that for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, Nick said, I adore Toy Story 4. It felt like the epilogue to Woody's relationship and with Andy and finding a new purpose. Um, yeah, I, I kind of liked that. I kind of liked Woody and Little Bo Peep and their kind of, you know, thing and them kind of going off. And I do like Andy. Um, and I do like, you know, a, you know, Woody's life after Andy, you know, what that's like for him. Mm. And I did like that. And I did like, but I did feel your, I did see your complaint with Buzz. Like Buzz felt 
like he was kind of back Buzz Lightyear from the first movie. Like he was just yeah. as stupid. I didn't I didn't really get that, or just as kind of naive. I didn't really get that. Um, too much. Um, all right. So we're gonna be moving on from the news to get into our first review. We're gonna be discussing Death uh, on the Nile, uh, which is the Kenneth Branagh film. Um, he is. Uh, acting and directing in it, he plays the central character, Hercule Poirot, the famous detective. Hercule Poirot um, is a literary character created by Agatha, uh, Agatha Christie. Um, he's up there as far as famous detectives, I would say, up there with like Sherlock Holmes, um, you know, kind of people like that. So, a uh, very, very famous literary detective. Um, and this is a sequel to The uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which is uh, another film that also Kenneth Branagh directed and was in as Hercule Poirot. Um, that came out in 2017. 2017. Yeah. Um, and this movie. You know, it was supposed to come out. It's already been it was it's already been done for two years. It already got completed, uh, so it took a while for it to have a release date because of obvious reasons, COVID pandemic. Yeah. So they were kind of uh, mixing around here, um, you know, of, of kind of when it was going to get released. So it kind of got messed around uh, for a while, but it's finally here. Um, so you have a nice star-studded cast of people here: Gail Godot, uh, Army Hamill, Russell Brand, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, you also have Annette Bening, um, just a great cast of people here, much like how you had in the first one. Um, so the premise of this one is uh, while on vacation on the Nile, you have um, this beautiful uh, heiress who's Gail Godot. She's getting married to um, Army Hammer um, and, you know, they're on their honeymoon. And then while he's also he's there as well um, in the same location, they're having their honeymoon. You know, they offer him, it's like, could you help us, you know, because we fear for our lives because Army Hammer has a jealous ex in the movie um, who is played by, uh, let me see who this actress is played by, because she was, um, she's kind of one of my favorite parts of this movie, and I'll, I'll kind of get into that more, um, but it's a woman named Jackie, um, and um, she plays um, like kind of his jealous ex, so they kind of fear for their lives. And it's made all the more tense because like how in the first one, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, that was on a train. This one is on a boat. So it, you know, kind of same kind of tense kind of space, cramped kind of space, which I think Kenneth Brown does a very good job directing that. Um, and I think, you know, he works very well with that. Um, and it kind of adds to the suspense of the thriller and this, you know, uh, sense of tension having all these people crammed in this tight space. And like how the first one was on a train, this one is on a boat. Um, mm -hmm. So I think Kenneth Branagh does a good job as Hercule Poirot. I think he has a lot of fun playing the character. I think he's enjoying, he enjoys playing the character. Um, I think that direction-wise, is this as good as something like maybe you'll see with his other movies no, I don't think so. Um, and I think Death on the Nile compared to More Murder on the Orient Express, I would say it's kind of. I haven't rewatched that movie since it came out, but we did a review for it. I think it's up on the on the site, on, up on our YouTube page. But my thoughts on it was it was just fine. It was it was a fine movie. It was okay. Um, I thought it was solid. This one I think is maybe slightly better. I think it has maybe a better supporting cast. Um, uh, Nick put in the chat, uh, Emma McKay. Um, yes, her. Yeah, she's she's really fantastic in the movie. Um, he said also a uh, uh, Margot Robbie clone 3.0. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, if she had blonde hair. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Yeah, another uh, clone of uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah. 
Uh, so that like adds, I think that's four because it's her. It's some more weaving from Ready or Not. Um, it's that other other girl too. I forgot her name. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's like three or four now of clones of her. Um, also, Jamie Presley, who was like the OG. She was like the Margot Robbie before Margot Robbie. So really, Margot Robbie's the clone of. They're all just the clones of Jamie Presley, really. Um, but in this one, so um, I think he, you know, is it as good as kind of his other movies? I don't think so, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, but I still think it's a solid outing from him, and it seems like he's having a good time. Um, also, when they when they because they're in the Nile, which means they're in Egypt, um, and you can clearly tell like when they're standing, it's like they're in, you know, you can see the green screen there pretty much. I feel like that the digital stuff was, wasn't that good. Uh, and when they were out, you know, trying to be on location, quote unquote, you know, trying to be in these places like Egypt and everything and show the pyramids or show all this other stuff, you know, these art, you know, these, these, uh, structures, it, it just didn't look good. Um, I thought that was kind of really, really weak in, in, in the movie. Um, have you, did you ever watch Murder on the Order Express? Uh, I did. I've also seen it from uh, the original uh, BBC series with uh, when they did an interpretation with De- David Chouvet Sujet and Agassiz Christie's Poirot. Mm. Okay. Uh, I thought that it uh, to to me David Chouvet has always been just the the epitome of Poirot. He's the the best version I've seen. Um, he did it for so long too, but uh, not like a. Not enough, of course, uh, or correctly, Kenneth Branagh, he does a good job of Swirl Pro. He's having a lot of fun with the character, and he can be very cold and very uh, sterile in his analysis, which is, is very good. It's very Poirot-esque. He's an interesting interpretation of the character. Uh, honestly, that's what I like most about this movie, was all the side characters. I think everyone does a good job being untrustworthy or everyone having their own motives that's the best part of a mystery of figuring out who's who who's on who's what who doesn't know what and who has their own motivations mm. costumes are good uh i thought the costumes were pretty good it's a nice it was very nice kind of seeing this old kind of old hollywood-esque style um from this era world war one era post-world war one era kind of a style and clothing and clearly a lot of money was spent on the costumes and just mm. being on this luxury boat Spending money like there's no business. Uh, yeah. Um, because I mean, it deals with very, very rich people. Um, yeah. and you know, she's absolutely wealthy, filthy, filthy rich. Um, as they say, uh, basically Miss Gail Godot. Um, and when Gail Godot, when she steps onto the scene, when you first see her, it's like, oh, this is why she's in movies, cause she, she's got the look. I mean, she's she looks like one of the old classic kind of hollywood movie stars um you know you completely understand that you know what i mean she's absolutely stunning um and you know in this movie uh, you know i think she does a decent job um i know a lot of people talk about her acting being probably not that strong not that good um i think she does an okay job i think she does fine in here mm-hmm. um i think uh, like with her and a, and a lot of people she gets overshadowed by emma mckay who is the jealous ex in this um i think when she's ever on scene she absolutely just really chews the scenery really well um and is absolutely you know great to watch um and have a lot of fun uh and so is the character um of the 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 uh the blues singer who's played by sophia uh Akondo. 
Um, she's yeah. al- she's also really great too um, in here. Um, I think the way she talks, the way she kind of moves, you know what I mean, is is like really mm-hmm. great and really you know interesting to watch her uh, because like you said, I think you have an interesting cast of characters here because you have you know Russell Brand. Um, he plays a doctor. He plays the guy that you know was at first supposed to marry uh, Gail Godot's character, but then you know she broke up with him, so he's got a motive. Like everybody has a motive. She has a cousin. Um, in this, you know, who's a, you know, kind of a, is he, you know, skimming money off the top? You know, did he do something with it? Um, uh, you know, running her business, you know, you have um, another kind of couple in this, uh, like uh, Annette Benning, who plays the mother of Hercule Perot's close friend and confidant book. Um, you know, could she have a role in it? Letitia Wright, she plays um, the manager of the blues singer, um, you know, so, uh, who's played by Sophia Kondo. Um, she also does a very good job in this as well. Um, you know, so you have these kind of interesting cast of characters kind of come in here and, you know, each person has their own little motive for maybe who've committed a crime or not, uh, which is, uh, which I think adds to it. Um, and, you know, I think, like I said, it is better a cast of characters than I think compared to the murder on your express. Like, what do you think about that? Like this supporting cast compared to the other one? Uh, it does feel like there's a little bit more going on than there was in the Mortar of the Orient Express, at least that interpretation of it in the 2017 version. Um, yeah, I think there's a, I think they do a little bit better job showing off the different chemistries, the old flames, the uh, because this is a, a, a wedding, post-wedding murder, and everyone's a suspect, and everyone's got, uh, oh, no, I'm a cousin of him, or I used to be at their school. So everyone's got a lot of personal history with all these characters, and so you kind of get a better cast of characters to kind of feed off of, bounce back off. Mm. Um, so at least for this one. But uh, despite having a pretty solid cast and good costuming, I I don't know. I, I don't think I like it as much as I did the Murder of the Express. Mm. Okay. Uh, why is that? Um, I think the Murder of the Orient Express was a little bit more concise, a little bit more pulling me in initially. I think they had better a better flow. Not to say this one didn't, but I think this one just... Uh, I think this one's pretty good. It's not bad, but I don't know. I appreciate its old-fashioned fi- style, but it feels like that's what's really propping it up. Hmm. Like it doesn't really add an extra twist from other versions I've seen or anything else. I, I mean, you can't really. It's the story, but I don't know. It just feels like something's missing. Mm. To add it the extra oomph, but that's just me. Mm. Okay. Um, I will say with it, um, mm-hmm. hmm, I think the first half is not as good as the second half. I think it takes a while to kind of get into a full swing yeah. of the story. And, to and that's of, also another reason. Uh, yeah, to kind of get moving and everything like that. Um, once they do get on the boat, once they are traveling, um, it, it, that's when it really does pick up and that's when it's a lot better. Um, and I think that some of these, you know, people, the way they, you know, do things and the way they kind of work around, like I said, I think it's more, I, I, I think I will remember these people more than I remembered the other characters mm-hmm. in Murder on the Ordinary Express. Um, and Kenneth Branagh, like to see him kind of, and I think it's more, into the Hercule Poirot character, like getting a more insight into him and, you know, kind of his yeah. background. The movie even opens up giving kind of a, a more background on his character um, and kind of a, a history of his character. And uh, I think that 
that was really good to see, you know what I mean, with, with kind of this character and how he moves through life and kind of why, you know, gets more into why and more why and why he is the way he is, um, which I thought was a very interesting insight. Um, I think when the conclusion comes to everything, I think it's satisfying conclusion, um, mm -hmm. which is what a lot of these mysteries hinge upon. It's like, hey, you know, how is the conclusion going to be? And, you know, is it going to be satisfying? Um, and But it kind of just makes you think like, Okay, if you know, because this guy's, you know, they say yeah. in the movie he's the world's most famous detective, right? Um, yeah. And he, he solves every case he's get handed to him. Why not just kill him first? Like, if you're going to yeah. commit a murder, just kill. Why not just kill him first and then kill the person you want to kill? Yeah. Uh, but okay, whatever. I guess it wouldn't be. A, I guess it wouldn't be a movie. I guess. But I'm like, why yeah. Er ergo, the the plot of every single Poirot episode ever. If you know the famous detective is among your guests. Uh, he the dude you kill first. Yeah. There is one episode they try to kill him, one or two in the uh BBC series mm. based on books. They try to they tried that exact formula and he just like barely makes it out or and then his other friends have to figure it out while he's while he's indisposed. Ah, okay. That'd be kinda interesting to to see. Kind of like while he's bedridden and then like yeah. Like his close confidant or something like that, you know. Kind of yeah, his closest friends, detectives, and whatever. They're like, okay, we gotta figure this out. You know, like some understudy that he has. You know, kind of like he's. I've been watching him for years, and I think I know I can, you know, pick up on what it means to be a great detective. That'd be actually maybe kind of interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you know, conclusion is satisfying enough. It's okay. Um, Russell Brand in this movie playing very not much a Russell Brand role. I mean, he's so subdued and so yeah you know, kind of toned down from normal stuff that you see Russell Brand do in any of his movies. Um, I, I just keep remembering, there was like a time when the world was dominated by Russell Brand. Like, he was oh like that, God, yeah. you know, he was like that comedian that was like, sometimes a comedian just catches fire and they're everywhere mm -hmm. and then it feels like Hollywood really tries to push them out there. Like, oh, being being tons of stuff, you're right. going to be tons of big star. And it's just like, nah. It was yeah. Like, Russell Brand was also the kind of, like, nobody liked him. Like, the Americans didn't really like him. Most people kind of found him. He was in, like, Get Him to the Greek. Mm. He was in... Uh, Forgetting oh Sarah Marshall. He was, in, he was in Sarah Marshall. He was um, in that Arthur remake. Yeah. A character created for that entirely other uh, famous comedian. He spent his, his, like, early life kind of creating that character. And they're like, oh, let's do a remake of that famous person's creation. Mm. Uh, got to drive around in, the, in that, the Batsmobile for that movie. So, sure, why not? Yeah, he was just on fire for a bit, and then it's like, all right, we've had enough of Russell. He was also in Hop, the CGI bunny one, where he oh. was the Easter bunny, yeah. and then James Marston was in that one. Poor James Marston, he's, he's in a lot of crap. <laughs> uh, he's such a great guy. He's a great guy, great actor, but he's just he's just in a lot of crap. Yeah. But what can you do? Yeah. I think he's got some maybe good potential to be you know, uh, you know, really dramatic actor. I think, you know, he's got, yeah. I think he's got a lot of good potential to be one. Um, yeah. Um, I would say, like you said, well, like with murder or Express, I think it's just fine. I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, like I said, I think it's somewhat slightly better because of the things I mentioned, uh, because mm -hmm. Kenneth Branagh is more into the character of Hercule Poirot. Um, I think the stuff in the boat, the shots are, are very good. It's just when they're not on the boat and when they're doing these scenes, you know, supposedly we're in Egypt and we're with the pyramids and we're, you know, out on, you know, like in the streets and everything. That just looks not good. You can tell, yeah, you know, that that they're they're in front of a, a green screen and that just does not look good at all. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, uh, other than that, I I think it's I think it's a fine movie. Um, 
And I would give it a, I'd give it a streaming, I'd say. Like a good, a solid streaming, I'd say. What about for you? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. It's a, no reason to go to the theater, no reason that. You can just kind of stream it. Hmm. No. Um, all right. So moving on from discussing Death on the Nile, I'm going to discuss Book of Boba Fett. That book is finally closed. We can, we're done. Um, we can, we can put the bookmark out of the book, return it to the library. You know what I mean? We're we're finished. You know, we have to keep reading it in, in borders, you know, drinking our coffee. It's done. It's, it's over. Um, which I remember that I remember people used to do that all the time. I used to walk in borders and then they always used to be, they made a mistake by putting a Starbucks in borders. That's what they, they, they did. Fu- that's, that's what they fucked up at. They should have never did that <laughs> because as soon as they, they kept them alive. Yeah, I mean, it kind of kept them alive, but also killed them because people just sat there reading the whole book in one sitting, drinking the coffee. And yeah, that, that kind of fucked them up. Yeah, they, they never should have did that. They should have. If you read half the book, you you have to buy it. Yeah, there should have been somebody enforcing that policy. Yeah, you read half the book, you got to buy it. Yeah, there should have been somebody enforcing that. Um, and there would be people who would be treating it like a library. Like, if you talk in there, the people go, shh, be quiet. It's like, this ain't a, this is not a library. <laughs> like, this is just a bookstore. You know what I mean? If you don't, like, yeah. go, go to a library. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Borders is still kicking, though. Uh, are there a lot still around? Are there? There's a few. There's a few borders. Like, uh, they're a lot less reduced. But, yeah, they're still around. Oh, okay. You can still walk into uh, walk into your port of borders and yeah. just, uh, but they've they've combined with like Amazon to survive. Mm. Okay. They've like they've made like a, a demonic partnership ah. so that they can stay alive. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple that I know that are still around. Like one, you know, not it's not that far yeah. away from me. Yeah, there's still a couple kind of close by me. Um, yeah. still kind of around. Um, so here with, uh, the final kind of chapter here, um, you have everything culminating to the end. You have the big kind of all out game war that's kind of going on between Boba Fett, uh, and between all these, uh, different mobs that are kind of coming after him. Finally, the kind of mm-hmm. war gets started here. Um, it, it does have a lot of big payoffs, uh, that we kind of already assumed was going to happen, but still was cool kind of seeing like Boba Fett riding the Rancor. That was awesome. That was really cool. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm like, he better ride the Rancor, and he did. Um, and I did enjoy it. Um, that was kind of something there. It didn't kind of make any sense. All of a sudden, the Rancor, it felt like you were playing a video game, and then yeah. something happens, you know, like with the boss, and then, like, the boss kind of runs away, and then it's like, it then never comes back. It's like, that's what I kind of felt like, because the Rancor just all of a sudden just ran away. Yeah. So now it's just between purely him and Cad Bane, a, a, a standoff. Um, I'm like, okay, that didn't, that seemed like it was purely yeah. just set up for that, but yeah. um, it was still, you know, Bo- Boba Fett versus Cad Bane, which a lot of that backstory really relies on you I think seeing a lot of stuff from Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, oh, so there's like a famously shown off, um, like uh, they haven't fully rendered it, but it's a bare bone register of what one of the season ep- seven episodes that got cut was going to be about. It was going to finishing Boba Fett's arc from the Clone Wars, how he got the Mandalorian armor initially, how it was made for him. And then having to deal with Cad Bane because Cad Bane had a rivalry with his father, Django. And they were, Although uh, Boba Fett is ba- kind of a villain, he is a darker, a darker character. 
he is like not a nice person. But compared to Cad Bane, he at least has somewhat honor. He does have somewhat these at small little moments where, yeah, he's done some horrible shit, but Cad Bane just has no whatever. They're the opposite ends of being what it means to be a bounty hunter. And in this one episode, it's going to be a duel between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be like kind of like an ending of the rivalry somewhat. And uh, it ends with them both firing and they both get shot in the head. And so that whole part in Boba Fett's armor that's just permanently there was going to be from Cad Bane. And whether Cad Bane survived or that or not from that, uh, at least Boba walks away from that. And that kind of is the start of his like more infamous time. He's no longer a kind of a teen. He more becomes a bit more ruthless or a bit more focused after that, more stone colder after that. Mm. Uh, so this kind of being like, oh, uh, if you want to do like a change in kind of character or make his change, finish up his arc, Cad Bane would be a great character to kind of finish it off kind of a more um, Obi-Wan to Vader where last time we met, I was, but this time was like, uh, we didn't really learn from each other, but you were like a like you were like the best of the best. And I, I kind of sort of beat you and then. But I'm not. He's like I've gotten older. I'm not as fat. It's like a. I'm not as fast as I used to be. <laughs> you're forty you're faster now. And not as fat, man. Uh, kinda, not as yeah. fat. It's yeah. true. Not as fat as, not yeah. as fat <laughs> as I am. Yeah. But yeah, he's not as fast as uh, Cad Bane is, and Cad Bane proves it. And mm. then, yeah. But no, they didn't really do that. And it does rely on you knowing anything, uh, somewhat Clone Wars, even to have an inkling of an idea of why this would even matter. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. so it, a lot of it is based upon a relationship that you kind of already have to know already uh, because they talk like they've known each other for years. But I think if you were just to watch this series and never seen Clone Wars and never seen anything else, you wouldn't really go like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't think, uh, the so Timothy fan, his character's dead. I didn't think that. I just thought maybe he got maybe shot. He's not. Sh- you don't think he's dead? No, I mean, they showed a, a credit scene. The final extra credits. He's in the Bantha bath. Oh, he's in all oh. saved. And Thundercat, uh, Thunder uh, producer Thundercat with his techno arms is going to save his life. And then the end credits. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't. I missed that. Oh, okay. Yeah, they said, oh man, he got he got gunned down, but no, he's in the tank. Oh, the okay. End. They show that. Okay, there's like a stinger at the end. Oh, I should. like a stinger at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. I should have guessed there was a stinger at the end. I should have. I should have figured that. Um. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that kind of standout between them, I thought was fine. I thought it was kind of, I thought that was kind of cool. And then Mando coming back again, seems like it just Mando, the last three episodes, Mando just took over the whole thing. He just said, oh, he, yeah. he just came in, Jack Boba Fett's whole goddamn show, uh, and just said like, okay, well, I'm just going to do my thing now and set, set myself up for season three of my show. And then you can have what's left. Um, because you know what's set? yeah, basically yeah uh what were you about to say no i think it's a big detriment to mandalorian season three though because now you have to watch another season just to get a lot of these quick resolutions that could have easily been better done in the third season uh but that's just i mean that that's just a bigger uh feelings i have over the whole thing i'm gonna let you go for it and then i'll talk about it overall hmm um, yeah, so I, you know, I think with this, like I said, Mandalorian kind of came in because the best episodes of this show were the last three episodes and they didn't, they had little to no Boba Fett in it. 
mm-hmm. mostly. Um, or they were surrounded by just a bunch of other characters. Um, so when it was just mainly kind of Boba Fett, his whole backstory and everything like that for the first three episodes it really wasn't that interesting and it really wasn't going anywhere and then it's up until episode four when they do just purely just a you know uh or was it episode five uh episode five i think when they do just the purely just the mando episode it's the five and six are pure mostly mando yeah um and they do just do mostly that and it's like oh well yeah i mean clearly i mean this is kind of what the boba fett show should maybe been or if you had a maybe a if you want to do a prequel there of, of a younger Boba Fett seeing him, you know, when he was in his, you know, days when like the Empire well, like during that time of Empire Strikes Back, um, or between the in that period. But we've already kind of got that already with the Mando character, um, with Din Jarin. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Um and I felt like I mean, you could have done a a seedier underbelly version with, with Boba, and I would have liked to have seen that. Like much more uh, being a morally gray kind of character, bordering on villain, lawful mm. evil kind of character would have been a really interesting take for tar- Star Wars, at least in that form. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing him act more as like getting jobs done no matter what, following his code, um, but not following like like let, let's be honest, Ginger ends his um, his the way the Mandalorian way is a very idealized version of what the man mandalorians are it's a very specifically oh the, the righteous path and good and boba fett's just like whatever doesn't get you killed yeah um whatever doesn't get you killed i mean the man i mean din Djarin, he very much believes in the mandalorian religion he is a follower yeah. and then even you know boba fett's like you actually believe that shit like you know what i mean yeah. like you actually follow, he's like i mean yeah i mean i do i mean but it I, does that is a nice moment where he does say like really i think it's like i do and he goes like good for you kind of like a all right good for you like at least you believe in something yeah you know what i mean he has a code he believes in something you know it's 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 his guiding you know kind of light and 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 his path that he's able to that's what his you know thing is it's like okay i mean if it works for him it works for him oh got a little respect for him for that he's like well you believe in something kid that's what matters yeah and i think they work really well together boba fett they do and Tamir Morrison, I think, is best when he's working, you know what I mean, maybe with Mandalorian. Another Mandalorian. I think that's when he's best. I think when it's the two of them, I think it's like, it's it's really good, yeah. you know what I mean? He, and, the few moments in this episode when it's just the uh, Jin and uh, Boba just talking back and forth, it's the show I kind of wanted, mm-hmm. where it's the younger, kind of naive, but more uh, like heart of gold character who's this kind of more stoic, talk, not talking as much, dealing with this character who is much more experienced, tired, uh, much more of a sc- uh, scoundrel slash bunny hunter who has to kind of like rein him in or, or they give good back and forth, different philosophy back and forth. But at the end of the day, they're all on the same goal and they work together. Like, I would have loved to have seen a series where they're partners in crime mm. and just seeing how both of them get that situation taken care of. Or you just see that, like there's like they they know each other because they go after the same jobs. They're bounty hunters. Yeah. They're in the network exactly. of other like the scene you saw in Empire where you had all these other bounty hunters. Yeah, there. exactly. Um, and then it's like a whole network of other them for the people that they all kind of very vaguely know each other because they've like, I, oh yeah, we all yeah. you know operate in the same circle. Honestly, so. 
that's what I I was hoping this was going to be. Book of Boba Fett is either a prequel that deals with him, kind of like they started in Clone Wars, kind of digging into the underbelly and this network of bounty hunters and seeing him grow into the legend he eventually became. The inf- like when someone says Boba Fett, that's he's an infamous character. Next to Cad Bane, if someone mentions Cad Bane, they're like, oh shit, I'm just going to drop the job because mm. he's going to take care of it. Or, you know, what they did here, but it should have been, like, after the whole Sawlik Pit thing. It should have been, what happened to him afterwards? How did he deal with that? How did he lose his armor? And then he got other stuff before while he was searching for it, and then whatever. But, again, he's just stuck in one place. He even says at one point, like, I'm not cut out for this. Like, why did you do this? Yeah. Oh, hey, thank you, Kristen. Thank you for coming in with the lurk. Hey, much appreciated. Um, Yeah, the, like, during the the final moments of the episode, he's like, "Yeah, maybe I'm not cut out to do this." And it's like, "So I'm so is this show not going to get a season two? It was only supposed to be like a mini series. It, it yeah. was only supposed to have one season. If like if that was the case, then what the fuck? Like <laughs> you just well, did yeah. three Mando Mando episodes in this one season of Boba Fett. Like what the hell? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, seems like just a big waste of time, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but what was the point of this? Yeah. Um, but that moment, yeah, when when they're back and forth, Mando and Boba Fett is a great moment um, when they're talking, um, and when they bust out the door like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, exactly. You know, you know that was that was an awesome moment. There's a lot of like, okay, that was a great moment. That was an awesome moment. And Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. directed this episode, and he did what he does best: action. Um, you know, he knows how to direct some cool action sometimes. And um, when they're busting out and they shoot people and they got the, the Baskin armor on, uh, Baskin armor, and they're kind of doing that. Even though, I mean, listen, I get that the armor is impenetrable, but there's still a person yeah. underneath the armor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Din Djarin's getting tossed around. He's getting shot up. He's getting thrown through buildings. I'm like, that, that he should be meatloaf. Inside that armor, he should just be pure, oh, just yeah. ground beef. I mean, oh, like, yeah. ain't no way, just because you got that armor on, dude, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, you know, ain't no way the one person's surviving hey, all that. At least they wore armor. Kessarin didn't wear squats, and he somehow hit, I guess, Wookiee fur is just bulletproof. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes, sometimes he get hit, but then sometimes it'll, like, they would make sure to aim at the one spots where he didn't have armor, so it'd bounce off. Um, that that little shoulder pad he has, um, and the um, what do you call that? Um, there's a word for it, like when you have like the 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 sack with all the, the weapons, shing- huh? Oh, you uh, mean the gun belt? Yeah, what is this like a word for it? Uh, starts with like a B. Um, oh, baluster, baluster. Okay, yeah, the baluster, the ballista. Yeah, um, so they made sure to hit him. Like right, right there where they can bounce it off, and it's like Band- you d- sorry, bandolier. bandolier, bandolier. Yeah, that's it, bandolier. That's what it was. That's it. Um, and then also, you don't even see how he survived all those dudes jumping on him, all those you know people. I'm like getting ambushed. It's like you don't even see how he survived that. Um, he just shows back up because it's like it just feels like well, hey, he's a big EU character. We can't, you know, we, we don't want to kill him off. And I think his appearance. Was kind of weak, honestly. Like yeah. I don't think he lived up to what you know people talked no. about him in the EU. EU. I mean, what do youth kind of think about that? Um. Aside from that, going down in a blaze of gory moment, that was probably the best part of this episode. Everything else was kind of a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, characters were not really utilized properly. We're leading up to this final moment, and I'm still wondering what was the point of this. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're just going to do a Mando season three, then just do a Mando season three. Because the way a lot of these are resolved, like immediately after they became things, you know, like this would have made this would have been more meaningful if it was season three of The Mandalorian. We've had more time, a little bit more, and then, oh man, Grubu's back. Oh man, I didn't know Grubu was going to be back. That's, co- that's awesome. Grubu. Grubu. <laughs> and then Grubu just shows up. He has the, Mandalorian has the best reaction of all time. Like, hey, look who, look who came back. And he's just like, like, like what? He's just like a what? Like what? What are you doing here? Mm. Yeah, it's it's all the characters. You know, even Amy Sedaris' character, she comes back and she helps and does. You know, um, Baby Yoda. He, you know, like we people say, like he's probably gonna. I think didn't. Uh, I think Nick. He predicted. He did. He, he, he predicted. He, did. he picked the lightsaber. Um, yeah. No, Nick predicted that he would not. Oh, that he Oh, that he wouldn't pick the. Okay. Because he's like, because obviously that little bubble on the ship. Is not going to be used for anything in sarcasm. So I'm going to give Nick that because he's like, yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, you're right. They're going to choose that. Yeah. I would have hoped that he stayed with the, and learn and learn Jedi stuff. But like, Grub was like, nah, I don't really care about being a Jedi. And you're like, okay. Well, this also, sounds- also when when Luke said that, like, well, you do live a very very long time, so he could just still come back and just easily, learn. yeah. Because like he's still a baby right now, and he's over what a hundred something years old, and he's still a baby. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he could still wait a hundred more years, and then still come back, and then learn to be a Jedi. Like it's right, not. But, but Luke's dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I Luke mean... doesn't live as long as he does. Yeah. So I think the purpose was like I want to make another Yoda, so they can live like eight hundred years, and you can teach what I'm teaching you. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good, but but I mean, he could still. I mean. Yeah, I mean, can't they just come back as Force Ghosts or something and teach? They can't just do that. I mean, sure, why not? Who I mean, cares? <laughs> I mean, I, it's like can't you just. I mean, I guess I. I don't know. I mean, maybe I. It, I don't it, know. It, look, the whole um, e- even um, even Mark Hamill has argued about the whole like uh, attachment thing. So he's like, oh, attachment is a weakness, and then even he like joked apparently watching that episode where he's like, I mean. My attachment led to me saying, saving my father, helping take down the Empire, and yeah. restoring the balance of the Jedi. So, and he just kind of shrugs. Yeah. So like, you know, like, yeah. even he's just like, yeah, no, that was stupid. Like, yeah. And that's that's from George Lucas. I mean, that's what he said. That, so that's, that's from George Lucas. So, yeah. That's what, he, yeah. that's what he did in the prequels. So, uh, people who want to get mad at this sequel trilogy and what Disney doing with Star Wars, hey, that's what George Lucas did. That's what he said. That's what the Jedi is. Uh, so the Jedi were at one point this, and then they stopped doing that because Luke was like, "That's stupid. Let's not do that." Well, um, so yeah, so so baby, Yoda, which when he showed up in the in the little seat, that did look adorable. Okay, that was mm. that was adorable. Okay, when they flew and they did the thing. Okay, when he hit the hyperspace button or um, the the speeder button on the on the uh, starfighter, that did look really good. Okay, that was that was cute. Okay. Um, again, it, it it makes you excited for season three mm. of of Mandalorian. So if that was the main purpose of this <laughs> book of Boba Fett was like just to get you excited about season three of Mandalorian, then hey, you you I mean, passed on that. You did pass. Sure, on that. but you, you can skip a whole lot of episodes for that. Yeah. Um. You could you could just go straight to episode five and don't even worry about the other episodes. Just go straight to that. Yeah, it don't matter. And, and just have you be prepared for season three. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, and then you also have the Scooby-Doo game that the, that comes back here that also helps. Um, me and Nick, we just reviewed a show called Yellow Jackets, uh, which stars mm-hmm. Sophie Thatcher. Um, she's in this show as mm-hmm. one of the people here. She's one of the main people who has dialogue, um, her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they gave her a British accent in this or why she has one. or I don't know if that was... They told her to do one, or that was a personal choice mm-hmm. she did because she's not British. She's she's from Chicago, so she's not British. Um, I don't know Star why, Wars. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, why don't you just show up with a nice? You know, she don't be afraid where you come from. Show up with the Chicago accent, the Bears, and you know, and Burr. all that, and you know, Chicago. You know, come on with the. You know, you got Bill. You got Bill Burr in space. He's doing the, his accent. He's got his Boston accent. Hey, it's all over the place. Yeah, you know, freaking wise ass, you know, like throw in, throw in the Chicago accent, throw in that, throw in the person from New York, throw in their accent. Why not? Fuck it. Bill Burr showing up, you know, he doesn't even attempt to do any other accent. He's like, listen, I'm Bill Burr. I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to do exactly what I do. I'm going to get my accent. And then, but you're lucky I'm even showing up. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I don't know why they did her, gave her a British accent. Don't know why. But whatever. Um, it wasn't. I don't think it was that good. Um, and yeah, um, she's an amazing actress. Like you. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Yellow Jackets. That show's really good. I have not. That show. You guys check it out, man. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm. I'm obsessed with the show. I'm. Really, That's great. Yeah. So I. I highly recommend checking it out. Um. But uh, yeah. Um. I don't think it was that good. And then you had the other guy who I don't even know his name, but he was. The, the the black guy he's the one with the cyborg eye or the he got the Google glasses on or some oh, shit oh yeah um yeah um he's he's the other person who has dialogue and then people were talking about that that spin move he does you know, oh yeah the spin move yeah, yeah he got the style he got that flair you gotta have to throw a spin move in there you know what I mean like he's like he <laughs> that's yeah. like and a lot of people were talking about that it's like well, this isn't Star Wars I'm like this this is corny I'm like well yeah Star Wars has always been corny that's kind of what Star Wars yeah, is. But- but but even that was just like what the what is this, you know? Uh, that felt like I don't know, man. definitely something Robert Rodriguez like he you would see in like Desperado yeah. or El Mariachi. That would definitely be something you'd see in a, in something like that or like Machete or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? You would see somebody do Absolutely. some shit like that. That's like that's kind of yeah. That is kind of like Robert Rodriguez's thing, his style. You know what I mean? Did you did that did that moment kind of take you out or what? I mean, he was carrying a Wookiee, and then he just, instead of turning around, he does a spin, and then kneels down and shoots it, and then the Wookiee's like, oh, with them, all three at once. Yeah, kind of a little bit. And then the Wookiee <laughs> just walks as if he, and then the Wookiee walks as if he didn't need any help at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to be carried. That's right. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I got this. He's just like, mm-hmm. God. <laughs> uh, no, this, this whole, this season finale just proved to me why, like, what, what was the point of this? Mm. Um, it also proves that they really wanted to make a, fan, a show for Fennec because she's the only character that does things really in this. Mm. Um, who gets revenge on? Oh man, they killed the Tuscan Raiders. Oh no, it was really actually the Pikes. You dummy! How did you not notice that that was really them? Okay, he's like, oh, Boba Fett's, Fett's totally gonna take them out. Nope, Fennec takes care of all of them. Yeah, kills the whole room full of them quickly, easily, yep. quietly. Yeah. And then she just walks out like a like a badass, and that's it. And then I'm like, what? Like she just does everything, doesn't she? she? Just does everything. They just make her the main character. Don't call her Boba Fett. Yeah. 
I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Ming Now Win show with with her sure. and, and then teaching. I would have better expectations if it was a character who's cunning. She's cunning and clever and smart and actually makes the smart decisions. Mm-hmm. And then Boba Fett's just there to just make all the wrong choices so that she can correct him. Things he should already know because he's one of the most infamous bounty hunters in Star Wars and they treat him like a five-year-old. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say like, well, he's never been in charge before. It's a totally different type That's of bullshit. Thing. Never, you know what I mean? Never been a crime lord well, before. So, art in my language, but the kid's been leading squadrons of bounty hunters since he was like thirteen. Mm, okay. Like he has run gangs since he's an like actual adult bounty hunter since he was like thirteen, fourteen, and held up with them. Mm. The kid has had training since he's been a clone. He's trained with Trandoshans. He's done a bunch of crazy crap his entire life to make it this far. Yeah, okay. He's never really needed to like run an entire daimo, but he knows tactics. He knows strategy, and he knows he can hire people with money. He's like, I have a bunch of credits. I can just do it if I really wanted to. And she has to be the one to remind him, like, you know there are people, you can hire people. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. You think? I don't know. Maybe he's on a budget. Oh, man. Maybe he's like, I, I, I used think to it. be a bounty hunter. You know? Maybe he's thinking about, hey, but that's so expensive. I'm on a budget, you know? Uh, you know. <laughs> he said, he literally said money was not, a, they were like, what money was not a, a problem. He could just go. He knows people he can get for cheap. He's mm. made connections. Mm. The guy's made connections throughout <laughs> his entire life. Why, why is this show even, why, why is this show existing? Mm. What was the purpose? If this was for Mandalorian Season 3, fine. And then the duel they're supposed to have, because really Cad Bane, who, clever, ruthless man as he is, would see that his forces have somehow lost against these idiots who keep firing on shielded droidica, giant droidicas, who, I don't know much about Star Wars, but I know about this. If you got a giant shield, that's going to take out platoons of people. Um, So if it can't, if they've been dealing with that kind of shield technology, bounty hunters should probably know, oh... Um, I'm probably going to have to get at it really slow. I'm going to have to roll grenades underneath it so it doesn't recognize it in the shields, so it doesn't bounce off, and then take it down like that. Or, I mean, Rancor, sure. Or, perhaps, I know most people forgot about that, he has Slave 1. Just yeah. fly to the ship, get Slave 1, and its artillery power will destroy those things. It can just do a dive and swatch, and they're never going to hit it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people mention that too. It's like, why didn't he just get a ship? Yeah, uh, get a ship. Yeah, and then with the with the the droids with the shields, it's like mm-hmm. this moments where characters are pinned down, and then they're just firing at the same concrete. I'm like, so is nobody gonna flank these people? Is nobody gonna like come no. over the top? Is like the droids are no. they not just gonna fire like above them so the yeah. debris will land on top of right. them, like? I mean, come on. I mean, you're just firing at the same spot that these people are yeah. in. And it's like, what the hell? Hey, let me get a sniper rifle and go for a top angle. To do what? The things has shields. What? To pick up out people around you while it blows you to smithereens? Like, what? what's the tactic here? Um, or, hey, I'm going to go, at the very beginning, I'm going to go back to the Jabba's palace because it has fortifications and we can hold off for reinforcements. And they're like, no. If mm. you go, we're not going to join you. I'm like, all right, you can die on your own then. <laughs> Because like we yeah. let's stay in the remains of a of exploded, heavily damaged area, who by the way surprisingly doesn't have a lot of bodies in there. 
despite the explosion. There should be bodies all around, but they didn't. There's no bodies there, so it's surprisingly clean no. area. And go, we're gonna make a stand on this not very well defensible position because now we only have one in, in, one out versus Jabba's palace, where I have my ship, where I have this, and I have terrain, and I have the high ground. Yeah. They have to come to me on our terms, <laughs> and then he, she just makes a suggestion like, "We're gonna do this," and he goes, "Why? Well, cause this, cause reasons." will stay and you're like boba what are you thinking what do you do you know what you're not boba fett we're gonna call you we're gonna call you uh not boba because you're <laughs> clearly not the same character it's like the same thing with last jedi we're gonna call is he's not luke skywalker he's jake skywalker he's not the same character and they're just gonna treat him differently if they're gonna do that we're gonna do this and then we're gonna have a final duel with cad bane who's gonna show up even though all his troops are destroyed he's like all right i want to have a final duel with you Cat Bane would have taken off. He already got his money. Why does he care? Right. If, yeah. if, if Boba caught him leaving, like the reason he didn't, like, oh, I got the Rancor, and then, hey, tells the Rancor, hey, cool, we've ripped the droids, I'm going to stop, and he just starts flying off, and he initially goes after the pike, and then while the pikes are trying to escape uh, to hold up somewhere, Fennec and him meet up. And then she sees, um, she sees this, and she's going to interfere. And he goes, "No, we need to end this once and for all." And she's like, "Go take care of them, mm. like go take care of Pikes." And then he like just kind of whispers her and make it hurt, and he's like, "Make it hurt for like whatever." And she's like, "Good luck." And then she goes on. That would actually be like a man with no name situation, and it'd be like, "Oh man, we're gonna have a final <laughs> duel with between Cad Bane and Boba Fett." everything's uh gone and he's cornered him it doesn't feel like hey i just showed up he was leaving he just got cornered mm. and boba's not gonna let him through until he's dead then that feels like much more of a bigger moment mm. also the whole because pike just gets killed randomly it and they just reveal that as them they were killed by biker gang what was the whole point of him being saved by tuscan raiders which wasn't in the eu and they just made it up for the series what was the point because he got he got a stick that he could hit Cad Bane with. I guess so. I guess so. He can learn that special move to to fight him at the end. I guess. Yes, the super move that he only used once prior. And we're gonna pull that out of your hat to not kill Cad Bane because he's probably not dead. You don't think he's dead? No, nah, probably not. They're not gonna kill off Cad Bane that way. Mm, I don't, yeah, Cad I mean, Bane's been shot. He's been shot in the head or almost killed. Cad Bane has been stabbed, and when he's stabbed, as they zoomed in onto him, you can hear beeping sounds. Now he's probably not dead. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess he wouldn't get rid of a character that popular, and then you have all this history with the character. I mean, if it was what we were doing, and this was a build-up, and this was, like, maybe season two of Boba Fett, and he had already had adventures with bounty hunters, and this was, like, a final big moment for his character and he's had and he's had trying to help the mandalorians and there's all this stuff and this was a completely different context okay and there's like one final showdown of like let's see who's top dog hmm. then i would believe that that would be a genuinely good moment to end his or at least be a final a finite moment for his character but not in this hmm. and if they do what a waste what a waste of a badass character hmm. yeah maybe i agree with you i don't think yeah maybe he's not dead because I mean, you know, I mean, that is Dave Filoni's, you know, and, and, and kind of character that he really helped build in Clone yeah. Wars and all these other different Along with shit. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. They're both characters he helped create. So, 
probably not gonna probably get rid of him that easily, maybe. Uh, but I don't know. Um, so with the finale, um, there were a lot of I think to me awesome moments and cheerworthy moments. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the moments where you know you did have him ride the rancor, the moments where mm-hmm. you know where you do see you know Mandalorian and Baby Yoda reconnect, and that was a very sweet moment. And they and they do mm-hmm. that. Um, the moment where Boba Fett and Mando they team up that was a great moment. Um, it's the bad. It's the most badass Boba Fett has looked all series when he comes out the entire series. Shooting and he he fires one rocket from like his his yeah. kneecap and you know doing yeah. all this other stuff and it's like again that's, two of them yeah two of them and that was kind of the most badass yeah he ever looked yeah and then you see him helping Mando a little bit where he's getting shot down and everything and it's like that was the best he's looked all series I mean that's kind of what we wanted to see from him and throughout the yeah. whole series day one um but you know you, you just didn't really get much of that um there's a lot of like, why did you come up with that? Like, you, you mentioned the stuff with, you know, the the droids, and you have these heavily armored, you know, with the shields. It's like, why not just get the ship? Why not go back to Boba Fett's palace um, that is heavily fortified? You had the character of uh, Chrysanthemum, um, who was wasted, completely wasted. I thought he was going to be, like, this big badass coming in and real tearing the people apart. And, I mean, he did rip a guy's arm off, you know what I mean? But, okay, that was mm-hmm. in the club, but that's the only kind of thing he did. I think that was that you know ferocious and or you know that vicious but um yeah i i I mean i think this finale is i think it's oh i think it's just okay because i think the 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 moments that do really work that are good moments do really are you know really you know i think put it ahead i don't think it's the weakest of the series i think some of the beginning episodes like two or three were probably weaker um weaker for me um yeah, I, I overall I would give this series like a low stream it because I think it's called the Book of Boba Fett, like you mentioned, but it gets like the last three episodes are the best, but they don't even have little to no Boba Fett in it. So you didn't really do a good job. And I felt like they had an idea of like Boba Fett as a crime lord. Okay, that sounds cool. That's a cool idea. Right. And 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 people really like this Ming Nan Wing character. She's showing up as Finnick, and she's really great. And people love her. She's becoming a fan favorite. How, how do we connect this with the uh, with her overall story? Uh, and that's when uh, they were in the writing yeah. room and they were trying to come up with ideas, and they had no hell idea how they were going to work this out. No. Um, and that's what you kind of see on screen, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I would just give it a low stream for me. What about you? I can't even... It is saved... If you like The Mandalorian, I will say... I'll give it a low stream it. Because then you can only... You'll only have to watch the first... The five and six. And then... A part... The part where Grubu and... Gubu and... Uh, <laughs> Grogu. Whatever. Grubu, Grubu, <laughs> uh, Grenadine. Whatever his name is, Baby Yoda. Yeah, Whenever Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda and Man- Mando meet up, and it's the heartwarming moment when they do, and then when they leave, you can watch. You can do that, or probably is like a probably just watch those two episodes five and six, and then go to YouTube and find the clips <laughs> of of where they uh, after that, and then you can watch season three. Mm. The rest of this you can skip. Now that I've seen the entire story, aside from. Um, the martial character from Justified, aside from the few characters here and there and the few moments, there's not really much really here for Star Wars fans. And even hardcore Star Wars fans, I think, would have a lot of issue 
with the the series in general just what was the point it felt like three different ideas that were fighting they wanted to make a connection with the mandalorian but they also wanted to tell like this tantooine politics old school gangster story but they also wanted boba fett in there somehow and bounty hunters and fennec and you're like this doesn't fit in any one of these Mm. They also want to tell a Grubu story, kind of, sort of, at the same time, and they didn't, it just, it doesn't fit organically in here. It doesn't at all gel. And it's just so all over the place and such a mess that I can't recommend it, honestly. Hmm. Aside from the really hardcore people who want a preview for The Mandalorian Season 3, I'm honestly just going to say this is a skip. Wow. Skip. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, I think it's a horrible series. No. No, I don't think That's it's why I didn't say burn it or hate it. I just said, you know, it's not really, unless you're going to watch certain parts of it, it's not really worth it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that. I just think, yeah, it's got some kind of moments. It just feels like, I don't know if they are going to do a season two. Seems like, I don't know, the ending is like what they're saying. It's like, I guess not. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, if they do, I think you can really improve upon some things and come back. With some better material, I think, possibly. Um, mm. All right, so we're going to be moving on from discussing Book of Boba Fett finale. going to be discussing Peacemaker, the penultimate episode here. Uh, also, let's try not to, because somebody told me like we spoil too much, I guess, with the Peacemaker stuff, because, you know, they're watching it, you know, weekly stuff. So it's not like, I guess, like Book of Boba Fett, where we can do a lot of that. Got it. So, so with Peacemaker, we're going to try not to spoil episode you got seven. It. Um, so here you have a lot of elements culminating from, you know, uh, what happened before you have, you know, his father, Robert Patrick going after him, um, you know, who's the white dragon. You also have the police force who's, who've all been, uh, taken over by butterflies. Um, they're also coming after Peacemaker, um, who, by the way, in the last episode, uh, John Cena actually played the piano, Home Sweet Home for Motley Crue. That was actually him playing mm-hmm. the piano. Uh, I'll find that out. Um, oh, nice. And then so you have kind of all those elements coming together there all to try to kill him. Um, and while they're tr- in the midst of doing that, you also have to stop, which is called the cow, which is a uh, source for the butterflies uh, that you find out what it is in this episode. Um, and also good return of Judo Master. Uh, Judo Master, mm-hmm. who was gone the last couple episodes, um, he shows back up kicking some ass again. Uh, you know, I always like to see him. Sucker um, punching everybody in the face. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, that's always fun to watch him beat up people. That, that's just hilarious. Um, but uh, with this episode here, um, what were kind of your thoughts? I thought, um, aside from some small cohesion issues between the editing i thought overall the episode was also was still pretty pretty darn good Mm. yeah um robert patrick um is the white dragon is uh peacemaker's father really great um you know really really good playing a despicable human being with that Uh, mullet oh yeah yeah with the mullet and the way it looks and you learn uh you you know it also shows you more of peacemaker's backstory um and you find out you know what really happened with him and his brother um which you know it gives me even kind of even more sympathy for him uh because it's like yeah i mean what happened it's like because i thought it was at first this one way of kind of them messing around but no it was completely this other way and i'm like oh well yeah i mean it's completely things were gonna happen yeah i'm like it's completely you're, you're, his fault yeah 
you put two people who are trained kill you're trying to make trained killers something's gonna happen yeah um you also see you know kind of you know see that how in the last episode you see kind of the team come together um in the last like i think it was episode five you really saw them kind of come together um and but then you see a little bit of dissension there that happens but then you see them kind of reconnect again because they was like listen we have to you know come together for this common goal and the original purpose of why we're here and to stop the butterflies um and to see the kind of the whole team you know kind of work together um i think all these people have great chemistry together the whole cast does and they all play off each other really really well um and they i guess you can really tell that a lot of them have fun you know behind the scenes and you know really kind of do joke around it's a good seems like a good chemistry you know and and good feeling on set and um I think you, that really translates very well. Um, what do you kind of think about that? I think you can tell there's a definite chemistry between all the actors. Mm. Uh, I think that's very apparent. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it does, you know, kind of a great job with that. Um, and with this episode here, um, like I said, so I think that it does a great job really setting up the finale um, mm-hmm. as well and really setting up what the future of this team is going to be, uh, whether there is going to be a season two of this show or not. Um, yeah. Because it, it seems like one of those shows that may or may not, you know, just be purely limited. I don't know yet. I don't know what the plans yeah. are yet for this, for this kind of series. Um, and it's I think been handling its actions and pacing as if this is like maybe a one and done. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of maybe what I'm kind of thinking possibly. Um, but I mean, you, you kind of have a lot of these who you could see pop up in definitely other things and provide mm-hmm. like the character of hardcore, um, I think is, is she's really great here. Um, and I could definitely see her really being great in other stuff. Um, and she has the mindset very much of like a, you know, like peacemaker and like vigilante of, you know, hey, I'm doing whatever it takes to, you know, hey, to to save whoever, you know what I mean? And for the right. greater good, she very much has that mindset. And that's why, you know, she can, you know, very much relate to somebody like maybe like a peacemaker or vigilante. Right. Um, but she also has just enough balance where deep down she does have a moral compass and mm. she doesn't feel good about taking innocent lives or betraying the people that, that matter. Um there's an argument without spoiling anything. There's an argument between her and uh, what's her character's name? I know the actress, Ajula. No, no, it's uh, uh, it's uh, Ajula. Yeah, it's uh, like Ajula. Yeah. Uh, she. Uh, they have like a whole moment of like what it means to be loyal and sometimes what if it means uh, to like taking someone's life. At a bio, yeah, at a bio. At a bio, thank you. At a bio, yeah. It was just one of those. Like, it slipped my it slipped my mind, and they're just talking back and forth, and it's kind of like a oh. There's actually a couple of times in this episode where they're like dichotomies brought up to people, and the way those people handled the dichotomies spoke a lot about their characters. Hmm. Um, hmm. Vigilante gets in a humorous way gets presented with a dichotomy, and he's just like, yeah, like you don't see the you don't see like the. <laughs> kind of a screwed up thing about that and he gets it's like no mm, yeah did you did you come up with a new diagnosis with him for this episode or? oh lord um oh my god it must be like a running joke at this point they must 
I don't know if they hear me when we do these because this brother just keeps getting worse. Uh, so he's definitely a narcissist. Mm. But now I'm I'm wondering. I, I, I think last time I, I went with a he's a narcissist with psychopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. I think he also has semi sociopathic tendencies as well. I don't mm. know what he's doing, but he's definitely a narcissist. He's definitely in his own head, and he doesn't quite know what's reality he's very self-serving um he's very much considering himself but he's also like extremely unobservant of the world Mm. in situations like he'll have something like oh i gotta do this and then he'll have like a a brain fart like well what about we'll do this and then whatever it's like why would you why would you do that what would you think of well you know because that way we could do that and it's like in no way no one would ever thought to have done that Aside from someone who's in there completely their own head. Mm. So, oh man, it's just, he just keeps getting worse, man. I'll have, I'm throwing sociopathy back on the table. It's back on the menu, boys. He might also, <laughs> he might have, he, he might be a mix of psychopathy with sociopathic tendencies on top of it, but he's most definitely a narcissist in some, in many regards. And he might also have ADHD because he just can't he keep his attention straight. Mm. I mean, possibly autistic attentions i don't know man he's all over the place he's like a grounded version of deadpool without the fantastical nature of deadpool's character by being ryan reynolds you can kind of make him charming Mm. it's like you take the charm away from deadpool and he's just this wow you need help you're really screwed up i I think he's kind of charming in his own kind he is like a different kind of charming he's more like a goober yeah you know what i mean just Kind of seems like very naive, but also very psychotic and everything like that. Like he's got his own kind of charm working for him. Um, yeah. Uh, again, like with this series, I'm loving every episode. I'm loving watching it. Um, I can't wait for the finale. Um, I think it's gonna be really. Uh, I think a really great finale, and to see um, how everything kind of ends. Do you think members of the team are gonna die? Yes. Okay. Unfortunately, I do. I think uh, members of the team will have to die. Just or for possibly it. maybe have a fake out. Mm. Just for it to have stakes. Entirely possible. Yeah. It's entirely possible they might do a fake out. Mm. Like they'll have like a, oh, this character's dead. And then like they'll cut and it's like a, a post credits. And they're like, hello. <laughs> hello. I'm not, I'm not dead. Mm. Shit. How the fuck do I get out of here? That's very possible that they probably do that. That is very, very possible, yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah, we're gonna be here reviewing the finale next week. Uh Dusk, you gonna be mm-hmm. here next week? I'll be here next week. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Um uh, I don't know if Nick is gonna be here next week, but uh we're gonna be definitely showing up. Next week is Uncharted. That's what's gonna come out next week. Mm-hmm. Um so that was our Peacemaker uh penultimate episode review, episode seven. Um, we'll be back. Uh, I'll try to see if I can do a show tomorrow. I'm trying to get another co-host for that show tomorrow. Um, if it is tomorrow, um, maybe we're going to be doing Reacher, uh, which mm-hmm. is the Amazon Prime series. Um, we're also going to be doing. Apparently, everyone loving it. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of great things about the series. Um, so, uh, did you ever see the movies? I did. I only ever saw the first one, and I like the first one with Tom uh, Cruise. Good job. You you don't need to see the second. Yeah, I heard the second one wasn't wasn't as good. Um, no, the first one is is really solid, and the second one kind of drops the ball. 
Yeah. Um, so I uh, want to check that out. And also Marry Me, which is the Jennifer Lopez movie and Owen Wilson. That's uh, that's in theaters and it's on streaming. So I I, I sit at home, check it out, watch it on, uh, I think it's on Peacock, I think. Yeah, bring your girl. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, watch that. Uh, next week is going to be Uncharted Friday. We're going to be streaming. So it's going to be the finale of Peacemaker and Uncharted mm-hmm. Friday. Oh, thank you again uh, for playing the Afternoon Delight for 10 bits there, Javon Good. Much, much appreciated, man. Much love, man. Thank you. Um, I think Javon Good's at work right now, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. Um, and then we're going to see if we can do another series Saturday. Uh, eventually, we want to get to uh, also like doing Euphoria. I've never seen the show. My timeline, my feed is nothing but Euphoria. People talking about that show. So when season two mm. ends, we're going to be doing a review of that show. Um, Proud Family, that's also coming back. Uh, they're doing a revival of that show. Oh, uh, snap. Which is coming on Disney+. Plus. I haven't watched that show in years, so I'm going to be watching that show. I know show. he was really... I know the creator uh, was really um, looking forward to this because um, he would only do it if they gave him freedom control. And they apparently did. So oh. apparently they're like... They said, uh, yeah, you're free to have free Because the last time... Like the Proud Family hasn't been has had dubious history of being released outside of its original run because mm. there's a I know because um Destiny's Child did like the opening song they also did some song some original songs or they got songs for it and that's copyrighted because Disney hasn't really done anything with it so mm. they haven't really that's he's when people ask like why aren't there any like big releases he's like that's Disney they own it I don't have any control over it um I wish. It was different, but it's not. So they came to him and asked, like, hey, do you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, but I would only do it if you left room control. And they're like, cool, where, where do you need to sign? Mm. So apparently they, they're all for him just having more creative control over it and just kind of doing a bit more and kind of looking back on what he already made and kind of doing what, what he did before with his team. But I don't know. So, all right. Good, kudos to him. Good luck. Hope it, hope it looks well because I enjoyed the Pride family originally when it came out. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing. Yeah, we'll see if we can review the series before the revival comes out. Yeah, um, I think it comes out the twenty third of February, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, all right, man, you got a lot of episodes to go through. Yeah, got got a lot of watch there, so maybe I'll try to yeah watch that before then. Um, also, uh, what else I was gonna say? With the, oh, did you hear about the revival Futurama that's coming back? did there's a big controversy at the moment whether or not uh john dimaggio coming back with as bender yeah like like, he wants more money um uh and then there's like he's holding out and everything like that so he's not gonna be they say he's not gonna be back as bender which if he's not gonna be back as bender there's kind of no point what's the point yeah and plus bender's like the bender along with fry and leela are like the trifecta yeah um also also hermes and zoidberg yeah. Um, also, it's just that I mean, Futurama's already come back like twice already. Like it's been yeah. canceled before, then came back again, and then got canceled again, it has and had, came back. It has had four endings, four different what could have been presumed endings for the show. Yeah, and people have even like people have even like voted like, well, which one did you like the most? out of a could have been an ending. Yeah, uh, I don't mind another revival, but it will feel really awkward if Bender doesn't return. Uh, John DeMarge does not return and says Bender. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, why why not do it? I I want to say... He's such a character. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's just perfect. I mean, him as, as the voice for that character is just absolutely perfect. I mean, you can't imagine anyone else doing the voice for that character. Mm-hmm. Unless they do like what they did with Mark Hamill, just put his voice in the computer and just have it just... Oh, I, was, I was waiting to bring that up because last time we were talking about, it, oh man, Mark Hamill's doing some great voice work. And I, I brought up that sounded really robotic. And you're like, nah, man, that's just his voice work. And I'm like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Turns out I was right. Yeah, They, they just yeah. put him through an algorithm. Yeah, and they just made his voice. You know, they just had so much stuff on his voice. They just put it into a computer and just boom, popped out a whole voice, a voice work right there. Um, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so maybe that, that's really terrifying. Yeah, it, it is absolutely completely terrifying. Uh, I hope. I don't know if he got paid for that or not. I hope he. I would have hoped. Probably he not. Yeah, I guess because maybe that's all that stuff is like. Well, that's from Star Wars, and we own your likeness and everything from Star Wars, so we don't have to pay you shit. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's fucking terrifying. Um, and a revival that just got canceled was, um, the Boondocks revival that just got canceled. They're not going to go forward with that's that. That's probably anymore. for the best. Yeah, because John Witherspoon is passed away. Um, so he can't come back as granddad. Uh, and again, yeah. it's just kind of the same thing. It's like, uh, you know, why bring the show back if, you know, well, you know, why kind of continue to bring the show back if he kind of passed away? And I think he yeah. did do a few lines before he passed away. But, mm-hmm. you know, why do that? Somebody did come up with a good idea, though. They said, what if you did it where it was like you had a grandmother character that replaced him and it was voiced by Jennifer Lewis? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that that would actually I, that's kind of a good idea. And if you don't know Jennifer Lewis, I, um, mm-hmm. she was the actress who was like the black mother in a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's always she's uh yeah. she's the grandmother in the uh, in the series um, Blackish. She's the grandmother in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you gonna she, say? I was gonna say, uh, didn't they have a whole thing where um, grand, uh, his the the grandma, the, like his wife, had passed away, and that's why he lived by himself. Yeah, that that is. I'm saying, like, if they bring in, like, I don't know, if they do some other family character, like, that. I mean, they easily could. They easily could easily bring in, and she's like taking over the estate because they're not quite old enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine. I think honestly, though, Boondocks is, was probably at its best season one and season two. Yeah, those were probably like the best seasons, and really hit the nail on the head. And it really didn't do well to keep going. Mm. Yeah, so maybe season four was really bad. So let's just leave well enough alone and just remember the good times. I don't know, but season four didn't have much of Aaron McGruber's control, did it? True. So that might also have been that as well. Um, neither did I think season three too. I think that's when it started. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I would have liked to see Boondocks come back just simply for like. I mean, there's lots of crazy shit going on. I love. Sure, to see oh them, man, yeah. Like Kanye, I love to see them do that one. I love to see them True. do Trump stuff. I love to see them do the the, the vaccine stuff. Like that would just be. I, awesome. If they did come back, I would love to see an older uh, Huey and an older. Uh, I love to see both older characters a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, maybe they're in their like early teens. Mm-hmm. And having to kind of deal with this a little bit, or maybe just in high school in general, and having to deal with that, mm-hmm. because it would age them up in a bit. They'd have a bit more, like they could stay out a bit more. But also having that more of a, if you did bring like a grandmother character, that it would be a completely different style and tone. It could still be sarcastic as heck, but mm-hmm. having a bit more of a, I don't know, getting back to kind of what the earlier season Boondocks kind of had, where they had a bit of heart as well. Yeah. Just a bit. Just a tad. Yeah. 
Um, what else? But uh, I'm I'm sorry that they didn't it didn't work itself out. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, maybe it's for the best. I mean, if you can't bring back John with a spoon, I mean, what's, yeah. what's kind of yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, all right, so I'm gonna find somebody to raid real quick. Uh, I got a guy, Pumpkin Boom, right here. He's playing some Sifu. Um, Sifu, that's a great game. Yeah, I've been playing a lot. I've been streaming a lot of it. Um, really, really great game. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you have you been playing it? Um, I just was uh, about to purchase it, but I saw some gameplay trailers and i saw it and i've actually been telling a lot of my friends like hey check this out i've been watching it for a little while and the more gameplay i saw the more this could be kind of cool and uh, i always love i love the death mechanic in this game i really like it and the style even though it's it's limited in its um style i appreciate the focus and it's just really neat it's also just really neat to seeing wushu fighting like we really uh. don't get that kind of a martial arts and a kind of a beat em up style too often yeah um the the like the martial arts style here like the the kung fu is called pak may um yeah and it's it's really Uh, good um it's a challenging game Um, Mm -hmm. it's like something Mm -hmm. on the level of like cuphead i I would say as far as challenges. yeah um i do like the mechanics of like it in a way it punishes you for keep going forward as an older individual because eventually you come to a point where you can't gain any new skills or experience so it kind of tests you. All right, go back, try it to get it as young as possible. Yeah, uh, um, that's a neat mechanic. Because I'm uh, age like because uh, as uh, Dust mentioned, so as when you die, you have this like uh, medallion that can bring you back to life. But the thing is, um, when it brings you back to life, you get a year older. So you start off the game at twenty, you die. It adds one to your death counter. So when then when you come back, then you're 21. But then if you die again, then now it's like adds another one to your death counter. It's two. So then now it goes up by three. So then now you're like 23. Um, so it, it, it kind of keeps going up and up and up. Um, and there's like a limit of how much you can age. Um, there's some benefits to aging. There's some downsides. Like a benefit is as older you get, the more stronger you get. But um, but but then as older you get the weaker you become so hits do a lot more damage to you um and there's you know some different enemy types that you face there's like of course like the big bruiser that you see in a lot of video games uh but then there's some risk reward because when you beat up people enough their when their health meter goes down you can finish them off but and it's kind of like a spider-man finisher that you do kind of uh but when you but the risk is if you do try to finish them off they can block it and then they turn into an either kind of like more of a threat and their health bar goes all the way back up. So you kind of have to deal with that now and their moveset completely changes. Um, so I'm only on the second level. I've been playing, you know, because I had to play through the first level so many times to get past it. So I wouldn't because mm-hmm. I realized, like, OK, I don't want to get that old. At least if I'm going to die, I want to die on the boss. So mm-hmm. I just want to do that. Um, so I'm at the club right now. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's really challenging and seeing the, the moves, um, then and the use of the environment that they do, the art style of the game is gorgeous. I love kind of the, the, the art style of the game. The music of the game is really good too. When you're just going through levels, um, it's a straightforward game. I mean, it's the premise is just straightforward. I mean, it's like how most kind of martial arts movies are, um, which this game does pay homage to. Like there's even a scene, like you'll see in a hallway, which pays homage to. Oh, that's to. an old boy. Yeah. That's an old boy's room. 
Yeah, like a you know old boys reference and things like that. So, um, so that's the great thing about the game. And then the creators said like, yeah, it took inspiration from Jackie Chan films, from things like The mm. Raid, um, and you kind of very much see that here. Um, good taste, good taste. I, I've only done like uh, like mm. two boss battles so far. Uh, very challenging, very kind of hard mm. stuff. That, but it 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 really is fun going back and playing. It's not a challenging in a bad way. Like Cuphead is fun. It's fun challenging. Right. Um, I think seeing how you know seeing the pattern and how you defeat the boss, and I think it's very good. And really, you know, trying to evade as much as possible and using mm. the environment because uh, objects are your friend. B- bottles, mm-hmm. sticks, everything like that. They do a lot of damage. They stun people, and you can do a lot of different combos and things like that in the game. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great game. Yeah, I highly recommend people check it out um, if you have. It, if you yeah. want to check out a, a nice trailer for it, there's a live action trailer for it that's pretty good too, made by a, a YouTuber who's gotten more and more recognition over time. That now he can make official trailers for the game, which is really nice to see. Uh, reminded me a lot of the Sleeping Dogs live action trailer, which I also would recommend. That's like eleven a minute one, and that was also really good too. Well, Sleeping see. Dogs is also a game I would recommend too if you like the kind of fighting combat system but with a more open world kind of cop crime game i would also check out sleeping dogs mm. yeah I'm, i got the the live action trailer pulled up here i was seeing some of this a little bit of it um yeah it does look very impressive yeah it does look very good a lot of the action looks very good um maybe they should try to do a movie out of it maybe it'll be the first great <laughs> you know movie why not you know make a sifu you know just a straight i mean you could probably do that. Sleeping Dogs would also be another easily doable movie for a video game franchise that wouldn't suck. It's just understanding the material and just taking what worked and the things that inspired you and just putting it back in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But you never know. They'll find a way to fuck it up. Yeah. Still. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh. All right. Um. So we're going to be heading out. Uh, I'm going to be raiding Pumpkin Boom. He's playing Sifu right now. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you, Javon Good, for showing up, man, with the 20 bits. Thank you, Nick, for dropping the 200 bits there, man. Uh, thank you for Kristen for showing up. Uh, thank you so for Marley, uh, Marley uh, for showing up. Um, everybody showing up in the stream. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm going to be streaming Sifu. Uh, I, I've been streaming it pretty much every day since i gotten it. I've uh, just been popping up, streaming it. You know, so just checking me out through the weekdays, playing some Sifu. Uh, if, if you ever wanted to come by, do some backseat gaming. Hey, man, I'd be welcome to have you um, there, Dusk. Um, mm-hmm. Have you been uh, playing anything recently new? Uh, aside from uh, Halo, when I get time after work, I've been playing some, uh, Halo Infinite. But I've been putting it off for now because the rewards right now kind of suck. Mm. So I've been kind of putting that back burner. I'm going through my old collection right now. So I'm trying to beat games for my PlayStation that I, I, I now have time to play. Mm. Okay. Uh, and I better do that fast before, because uh, that Nintendo Direct, whole crap, where there are a lot of games that I'm going to be looking forward to. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, people, we're going to be getting out of here. Hey, uh, we are everywhere. All the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff, all at the Afternoon mm-hmm. Tune. TikTok, uh, we post clips, um, everything like that at Afternoon Tune. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all Afternoon Tune. Um, you can also check us out, send us an email, theafternoontune at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com, the Afternoon Tune. Just type us in, you'll find 
uh, for reviews, clips, um, shorts, everything like that. Make sure to give us like, subscribe, comment, do all that good, fun YouTube stuff. You already know what to do. Hey, um, mm. if you also want to uh, check us out, we're streaming on Twitch right now. Twitch.tv slash The Afternoon Tune. We had 141 followers trying to get to 200, you know, maybe by the end of this month or beginning of the next month. So that'd be awesome if we did that. Um, got a goal to try to make it to at least 1K this year. Hopefully make it uh, on all platforms uh, 1K. So hopefully trying to do that. Uh, but hey. All great people. Uh, stay for Pumpkin Boom. Uh, we're going to be raiding them, um, playing some seafood right now. So to all you good people out there, uh, don't forget to always stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, all right. We're going to be heading out, and we're going to be raiding them right here. And done. Nice. All right. Thank you, Dusk. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, just see you back uh, Friday. Um, yeah, doing yeah. Uncharted. Uh, you gonna go see Uncharted? Yeah, I, I mean, I have to. I'm obligated at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Get optimistic about it. Nah. Nah.